Hey folks, this is Patch coming to you before the show with a quick content warning. Uh, starting at about the 3 minute 45 second mark and moving until the 13 minute 30 mark, there's some discussion of pretty intense dental stuff. Uh, Viv had kind of a dental emergency the week we recorded this, and so they're going to talk about that in detail. So if you have concerns with that, maybe just skip on ahead to the 1330. And uh, other than that, I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Avatar, colon, the Avatar Chronicles, colon, the Avatar, colon, the Last Airbender, colon, the Rise of Kiyoshi. <laughs> My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the Flying Opera Company. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? I, I know that the title is ridiculous, but I'm trying to figure out if you added some other bullshit in there. <laughs> I did not add anything. I just said it out of order. Okay. <laughs> because technically it is Avatar colon The Last Airbender colon Avatar colon The Avatar Chronicles colon like, The Rise of why, Kiyoshi. I did it backwards. Why didn't they just call it The Rise of Kiyoshi and Avatar Universe Story or something like that? <laughs> Honestly, like, The Avatar Chronicles The Rise of Kiyoshi would have been great, but Or no. that, yeah, yeah. Like, you might have to still, like, italicize Avatar to let people know that it's, like, a series. And also, I mean, some dumbass out there is probably going to pick it up being like, hey, James Cameron uh, now has more stuff about the stupid blue people? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually. I mean, it's pretty definitively not a blue person on the cover. Well, yeah, but also, I mean, there was a white person in the first movie. Who's like, I guess, kind of... I mean, technically he's still a white person, even if his brain's inside a blue person body? I don't know. <laughs> he's still white in his core. Ha. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Nickelodeon just has a lot of weird, stupid branding when it comes to Avatar, which, again, it's always, like, one of those things that strikes me interesting that they actually have signed off on so much side stuff of Avatar ever since, like, you know, they basically seem like they super did not give a fuck about Korra by the end. Ever since, like, that whole, like, oh, some episodes leaked in, like, Spanish or whatever, so they just took it off the, like, TV air, kept it online only, tossed all of season 3 up there, and they released season 4 way sooner than they planned, just because they didn't want to be dumb with it and get it out. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just interesting to me that, like, they acted so callously towards Korra by the end, but they just keep doing all these spin-offs and stuff. <laughs> Mostly as, like, you know, graphic novels and the like. Oh, people like us. Or, uh, why did I say us? <laughs> people like it. Hey, hey! People like us, they listen to the podcast. You told me what the numbers for like the people downloading were like. That's <laughs> true. People crossed, do we, like us. We crossed like, Let's just, we crossed, like yeah. 2,000 downloads recently, right? <laughs> I think last I checked, we were at like 2,200, yeah. Yeah, there you go. I'd say that's pretty decent for a pretty small little podcast that's been going on for close to two years now. <laughs> so you're not um, wrong to say people like us. <laughs> that's true. People do like us. It's just not necessarily relevant to the conversation we're having right now. 
Well, I can loop it around because the universe doesn't like me. Because I can tell Uh-oh. the story of all the shit that was going on with me last week, right after the the podcast, basically last time. Alarming, uh, but sure. This is like I did a shorthand version in the Patreon just because I thought it was gonna actually like stop me from doing uh the last Spooktober episode of the Let's Play, and I also talked about it at length when I actually did have time because I just said fuck it, I'm playing Elden Ring for a little bit, <laughs> so I just have that there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had basically, uh, content warning for teeth bullshit, <laughs> cause, yeah, you know where this is going. Uh, Uh-oh. I had an old root canal, uh, like, a crown break in half while I was eating lunch on Friday last week. So, that was fun. It broke vertically right down the middle. Wonderful. <laughs> to the gum, yeah. <laughs> so that was a fun ordeal. Uh, I had to run inside and be like, hey, uh... Well, at least it's a dead day here where we don't have any cases to go through, and I was mostly just going to be sitting there watching boring training modules all the rest of the day. So, uh, I need to run and find a dentist to get this taken care of. Uh, stupid frickin'... The, the, my supervisor recommended I go to, like, one of the, like, the, like, emergency hospital dental things. Uh... I got there after having to walk 10 minutes to actually get there after park finding parking finally, because there was no parking nearby. And they told me, uh, you know, fuck you, get out of here, they're not going to do anything unless you're actually in pain. Cause, you know, it's a root canal from the past, so it's like, it's it's not like a dead tooth, but it's like you're not really feeling as much. So it's like, well, does it make any difference that I felt it a little bit, being a bit sensitive in the past? And they're like, nope. And it's like, cool, thanks, great. <laughs> So I had to call around, finally found one that could actually have me show up to basically just tell me, oh yeah, yeah, you're going to need a new crown for that. Uh, here's another location that can do that tomorrow because we don't actually have the equipment to do root canal stuff. So I'm like, okay, cool, great. So I wasted the rest of this afternoon, huh? <laughs> so then Saturday rolls around, Saturday morning, bright and early, 8.30, going to the dentist. They, you know, put uh, basically are like, yeah, based on how your tooth is looking here, it's like we could try to put in a new post, or if it doesn't really take, uh, spoilers, it did actually functionally take, they were like, yeah, if it doesn't take, well, you might have to just consider extraction and then replacing it with a fake tooth, which is like, I don't really know what the difference there with a crown is necessarily, because, like, they're fake teeth regardless, but I guess whatever, that's a difference. But, yeah. They basically got it ready with the post and everything, and then they were like, okay, well, we have in, pr- in, like, in office, like, medical printer or whatever that can make them in two hours, so come back in two hours, which, to be fair, they didn't tell me that. They made it sound like it was going to take a whole hour total, so I was a little peeved that I'm like, okay, well, I gotta come back in two hours now again. <laughs> so I leave, go home, time passes when I finally am like, okay, I can go there to get the crown put in when it's made. I get a flat tire along the way. <laughs> Two two flat tires in 2023, within five months of each other, after, after going, let's see, I got my license at the end of 2006, so like 17 years of driving, roughly, and these are like the first two flats I've ever gotten in my life, <laughs> and I don't know how I managed to go that long, but here we are again. Fortunately, it wasn't one of the tires that uh, blew, no, back in May, it was the rear driver tire, not the front driver tire. <laughs> If it was that one, I would have been fucking pissed as hell. And it's like, well, these tires are like five and a half years old. I guess maybe it's just that they got worn down over time. So I guess it makes sense. And like, they basically didn't like see anything like stuck in it or anything. So it's not like I drove over something on the highway. 
So it was like, okay, maybe it was just low enough on tread and it just was going too fast and just failed or something. But I basically had to sit there in my car for 80 minutes for the tow truck to show up because free roadside assistance through Geico fucking sucks. And it's like, well, it's <laughs> free, but at the same time, you get what you pay for, which is not much. Well, so, I don't know. I mean, on some level, yeah. I think it's all bad. Like, my yeah. parents pay for the AAA premium auto service, whatever, and they still usually have mm -hmm. to wait 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, yeah, it still sucks. <laughs> it's the thing. Like, I get that, obviously, you need to find, like, the nearest truck that actually has availability and everything to actually yeah. do that, but it's, like, it's still dumb when it's, like, it's close to the 80 minutes and I'm now finally getting a call from the guy being, like, where are you on the side of the road? I'm, like, I did the, the, the GPS. I'm on the, literally the side of the highway at the exit. Because, fortunately, when I realized what was going on and they pulled over to check and so I was a flat tire, I was actually at the exit itself that I had to get onto, so I was, like, four minutes out by car to the dentist office. So when I looked at my phone, it was like, okay, it's a 40-minute walk. I guess that's doable. Because at least it was like, this was like the day before it like really rained for like multiple days straight here in Connecticut. So it was like, it was like actually close to like 80 degrees. So it's like, well, at least it's a nice day even if I'm going to sweat. But that's better <laughs> than getting poured on, I guess. And also better than paying like close to 30 fucking dollars one way with an Uber. Yeah. So, tow truck finally shows up. Takes my car. He thinks I'm going with him, and I explain like, no, no, I'm actually going to the dentist first. I, I've called the the auto shop ahead of time to let them know to expect my car and let me know what's going on with it. So I, I start working. I get there to the dentist. They call me at the I mean, from the auto shop along the way to tell me like, yep, it's not repairable. So I'm like, yeah, okay, new tires, sure. Uh -huh, I get it. <laughs> I expect that anyway. Get there. Go through the whole dentist process, get the ground put in. It's been fine, at least. It's not been a problem in the days since, and it's like, well, at least it's all worked out with that. I didn't have to get a new, like, fake tooth or anything. I didn't have to have the remaining part of it extracted, because there wasn't much left after they got the post ready, <laughs> to be fair. It's like, <laughs> it's not much too fair to begin with. It seems a little bit like you did it kind of an extraction in a sense, but, yeah, again, gross tooth stuff. So then I'm like, okay... It's like an hour walk to get to the freaking auto shop. Still still beats having to wait around for that amount of time, basically waiting for like a lift or whatever, and also paying $30 on top of all this other fucking money I'm paying. Also, pointing out, I still don't have medical insurance because I'm still not a full employee, so that fucking tube stuff is out of pocket too. Yeah, apparently I also had a bit of hair in my mouth just now. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know Fun. what that was. Yeah. But, fortunately... Shortly after the dentist is done, I get the message saying my car's ready, and it's like, okay, they were actually telling me closer to the end of the day, but at least they got it done now. So it's not too long. Like, it was basically, like, close to, like, something like 4.45 in the afternoon or so by the time I got there to get my car. And curse out my car a lot <laughs> once I get in it, being like, can you fucking not? Because, like, I, this, this car has had so much bullshit happen last year. Because, like, if you recall, like, I had the branch following it back in last October. This happened literally on, like, in the last few days of October itself with this. <laughs> and then the time between then, in January, it broke down because the alternator died while I was driving home from work that day. So I had to get that towed for that. And then the May thing happened with the flat tire. Then two months later, the spark plugs died. At least that was just fine. I, like, it started having, like, a thing where it would, like, die at some times when I was, like, turning <laughs> and stuff. Like, driving slowly. So that I guess just had to bring it in and just, they were like, yeah, it's just the spark plugs. And I'm like, okay, at least it's something else major. Let's just get that replaced. And then this thing with the other tires. And I'm like, car, can you just fucking not? <laughs> I get that the car is 
I guess technically a 14 year old car because it's a 2010 car, so it would have been made in 2009. But it's like, can you just fucking stop, <laughs> please, for a bit, <laughs> car? But yeah, I, I I did all that, and basically I I just picked up food that day because I'm like I'm already enough in the hole, whatever. I'm just gonna I don't want to deal with anything. Cause also in the entire day I basically only had half a bagel before I went to the dentist, and then I had to basically deal with like all that other time of having a numbed up mouth, not being able to eat as a result. Not being able to eat as a result of being stuck on the fucking side of the road. Not being able to eat after for like an hour or so after getting the crown put in. So I'm like, I'm I'm just fucking done with this day. Fuck this. So, <laughs> done. But hey, the car's been fine. The two's been fine since then. I know my desk isn't wood. It's like particle board or something like that, but I'm knocking on it anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Fair. What the fuck is my, what the fuck is 2023 doing to me? Yeah, you've had a rough go of it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I haven't loved this year, but I haven't had, like... <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, when I told my, like, me, like, my, like, D&D group of friends this, they were like, what witch did you piss off by, and also you should go and get cleansed or something at this point, like, no, not joking, you should actually seek some sort of, like, par paranormal help or something, because you seem to be just hexed. <laughs> Cause, and I'm like, I, I guess if I was, like, a little less serious of a person to actually, like, have room for, like, supernatural stuff in my life, I would consider it. But also, at the same time, that also costs money. <laughs> so I I'm mean, like, if you want, I can do a working for you. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that really works remote, though. You know, you have to kind of be there and in, in, like, the place of the person or whatever. No, and, like, not at you all. have to be there in person. Oh, okay. The thing yeah. is, is that you are speaking to a practitioner of chaos magic, and as a practitioner of chaos magic, uh, the rule is everything goes, so. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, even, like, putting aside all that other stuff, like, with the flat tires and stuff, with, like, the the tooth problem, and also, like, having that other, uh, you know, I think I mentioned before, that other uh, ultra canal uh, crown chipping, because yeah. I bit it. We were on a fork like two months ago, right before I started my job and all, and having to get that at least sanded down this way it wasn't pointy. Like that's that one's fine otherwise. But it's like I just think back to like all the other shit that's happened this year of me, where it's like, you know, I got COVID back in January. Literally a month after that was the homeless bullshit with that previous crappy apartment being illegal. In May, I had to deal with uh, having no job for four months. <laughs> I guess you can also technically count my idiot, useless coworker that had to deal with for those last two months of that job, since he started <laughs> back in March. So I'm just like, what? You you still got like eight more weeks or so of the year, 2023. What the fuck is coming next with me? <laughs> like I still I fully expect something to happen, but also at the same time, if something else happened, I'd just be like, what the what the fuck? What is going on with me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and also I've been dealing with like a little bit of like not necessarily a sore throat but like a like little scratchy throat for the last few days and it's mostly right. gone away but now I'm dealing with a stuffy nose instead. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Yay. Uh, marvelous. <laughs> Fuck this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure 2024 is going to be so much. Too, but... 
Well, uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure 2024 is gonna be so much better. Aren't you so excited for a year from now when we're all when we're all across the entire world waiting with bated breath to see if we go ahead and elect a fascist again? Uh, I mean, good news, you don't need to wait. There's only two options on the ballot, and the answer is yes. Yay! I mean, I guess there's every chance that he actually does get thrown in jail based on how the court's going so far with him. <laughs> okay, sorry, you're right. There's only three answers on the ballot, and the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I forgot about the other guy, who's also a fan. Uh, oh, you mean RFK Jr.? <laughs> no, I meant DeSantis. Well, I mean, well, DeSantis is not running independent, he's still Republican. And he's, I mean, also, let's be real. Yeah, DeSantis but if Trump gets thrown in jail, DeSantis is the next guy. I guess he is technically the next closest, if you count just having, like, 12% of the favorability as the next closest, compared to all the other chodes in that group. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that's the but, thing, uh, they've diluted their chode pool so much that no one has... Yeah, nobody nobody else has enough chode energy to contest against Trump as long as he's in there and able to run, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and these are very much not people who are gonna jump to the next guy when their guy gets knocked locked up. Like, uh, I mean, that's yeah, that's no, not how like, that energy works. This is a cult of yeah. personality. <laughs> yeah, like that's the thing. Like, like it, it really does seem like a lot of them are trying to be like, oh well, when he gets sent to jail or dies, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be the guy. I'm gonna get the group. I'm gonna get them right. And it's like, no, you're not, because. Like, DeSantis has negative karma, is the thing. Not, 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 uh, not karma, uh, charisma is... Not, not talking in D&D terms here, he just has zero personality. <laughs> like, nobody knows literally anything about that guy, besides he runs Florida into the ground. Yeah, Trump, yeah. Like, Trump, for <laughs> all his many, many, many faults, at least still has, like, the whole, like, he was on TV for ages, you know, running a fake reality show that has also been dealing with lawsuits and stuff. So <laughs> it's like, pe people at least are familiar with him because he's had that show. He's had his name on the fucking tower that yeah, people hate in New York City for ages. Like, DeSantis has never had anything like that, and at the rate he's going, never will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's like, I can't even name any other any of the other idiots in that group trying to be like, I'm running for president, too, in the Republican Party. <laughs> like, there was, I know there's, like, some lady who was, like, some news outlet was, like, being like, she's surging ahead in the polls, and it's like, she's at, like, 8%, which I guess is more than most other Republicans, I guess, who are trying to be candidate, <laughs> but still, like, surged ahead by, like, going from, like, 6% to 8% or something. <laughs> <laughs> we have a terrible and broken system oh yeah 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 uh, i say fuck 2023 also fuck america <laughs> Jeez. Hey. that's that has your week been at least i'd assume that just based on uh you're not sounding sick and also me not hearing anything about you dealing with teeth and car problems you probably have had at least a better week than me <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, like, I'm not sick, my teeth, my car are great, uh, <laughs> I do have one medical problem that I'm unhappy about, but I talked to a yeah. doctor, and it turns out that the answer to my problem is just wait and see if it goes away, which is very unsatisfying oh, from the okay. medical community. Right. 
Right. I, I was thinking you were talking about the ongoing one where you haven't been able to get on your proper normal hormones and stuff. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. no, no. The, the other thing that you'd mentioned a little bit ago where you were like, I might be yes. dead. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I never thought I was going to die. I just... You, you definitely did. You definitely did joke a little bit of like, you know, if I'm not around uh, for X Files uh, this week, it's because I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, but that was a joke. You know what it is. Well, like yeah. worst case scenario, I thought I was gonna lose a hand. It's fine though, apparently. <laughs> but then you could have a sick hook. Just saying. Be like you though. <laughs> yeah, but it's the wrong arm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, you can still have a sick hook regardless. <laughs> Even if, even, if, <laughs> even if you're like, darn, why'd I, why'd I lose... Uh, wait, I'm, God, I'm trying to think of... Ida loses her left hand, right? <laughs> uh, right. Is it the left? Oh, I okay. believe it's the right wait. hand. Hmm. I'm trying to remember now, based on like what arm the Kevin sigils are on. I guess that was the right... Yeah. Yeah, 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 because yeah, I'm envisioning her in my head. Like, every time you see her from the front, like, it's like... I'm I'm thinking left just because it's, it's stage our left, left her but right. It's actual yeah. right. Yeah, it's her right, our left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So no, that didn't happen. It's just a apparently benign but annoying issue that I have to wait out. So that is the only thing that's really a frustration in my life right now. No, I mean I had a great week. I drove to Austin, went to a a gay variety show in an underground theater built from a fallout shelter. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, yeah, you were talking about that in one of the chats. <laughs> saw a truly incredible drag king who had his nipples pierced, and through those piercings he had chains, and on each of the chains he had oh, a pumpkin. Oh, right, yep, yeah, I remember <laughs> you saying that, and I'm just like, yep. that, so that sounds really painful. <laughs> I but mean, also, it didn't seem I to mean, bother him, but it made for a heck of a show. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, like, I've, I've never been the kind of person that was, like, into getting nips pierced. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> That's a me thing. I get that there's other people who are like, hell yeah, let's do that. And meanwhile, I'm like, nope. <laughs> nips are sensitive enough as is, in my case. I don't, I don't need metal going through them. <laughs> Especially also with how I'm still super sensitive and careful with my ears being pierced, I know I would never get used to that <laughs> uh, elsewhere but like Vivian, that. It's for the art. It's for the show. Uh, well, here, see, here's the thing. I I doing like a public art display. We <laughs> <laughs> uh. we. I'm just saying. I'm just cutting this off at the at the roots here. No, we are not going to do a Patreon uh, tier or anything like that where I do an art display with my tits out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I can actually like second that because, well, I certainly don't mind being nude in public. I feel like that would be an issue for me given the state I live in and that it's illegal here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. Like, with me, it's just a case of, like, you know, there's only, like, one person in the world, I guess technically, like, a few people in the world that have ever actually seen my boobs and everything, and it's, like, uh, the surgeon and her assistant, and that was it. <laughs> That's kind of where <laughs> it's staying at. I know I know I've taken some photos of, like, me in, like, a push-up bra and all, but it's, like, well, the, the, the air quotes nutty bits are still hidden, is the thing. <laughs> Listen, I posted nudes on Twitter. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> 
And it's, it's 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 a little thing where I'm like, how many friends of mine have I actually seen with their tits down? And it's like actually close, like more than I would expect now at this point. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. uh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anything else? <laughs> um, I don't know. I started reading the Yang Chen books, which is fun and interesting. Um, I, I like how you say that you started, and meanwhile, like, earlier you were like, yeah, I'm like halfway done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know I how you read so many books so... One. How do you read so many books so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the secret is you read fast, and also you set aside time to read. I guess. <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. like, I, I, I think I only I mean, do, it's, it's like, an hour a day tops. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I still have, like, so many audiobooks that I haven't even started on my little, uh, MP3 player that I bring in the work, and meanwhile I've just still been re-listening to old episodes of the Streetcast, just because I'm like, I just want to have a bit of a goofy time listening to these people talk about how bad that series is. <laughs> <laughs> also, I mean, to be fair, I did also at, uh, a few weeks ago finally finish uh, chapter one of Wizard of the Witch of the Wild One, and I really had to stop myself from laughing when they were talking about a bunch of dick stuff. Because, <laughs> I mean, hey, Ursula was swinging a sword around Ame, and of course they were like, yeah, you having performances guy to hear button? He's like, no. <laughs> and it's like, uh, he, it's just, it's really just amusing to just have, like, Brendan Lee Mulligan, Erica Ishii, Abria Iyengar, and Lou Wilson all in one spot just <laughs> goofing around. <laughs> well, yeah. Totally at times a really sad and uh, story and all, but it's also just them um, riffing on each other at times. <laughs> and uh, it's like, especially, uh, I just especially like how they isolated the audio to put in the end of like Brendan being like, so you're going to be rolling with this disadvantage, and Lou's just like, because of the dick stuff? And he's like, yeah, because of the dick stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You can't focus as much because you're you're now comparing the sword to a dick. <laughs> that's on you. Yeah, well, that's just how it goes when you're playing a role-playing game. Yeah. I mean, it's like, again, like, how many times are there just jokes about the wands being dicks also in that same bad book series? It's like, there's so many. I mean, there's Man. not. Like... They 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 do definitely make jokes about polishing your wand. <laughs> yes, because that is literally a set thing that you have to do in that setting. Because otherwise, it screws yeah. with your magic. Not necessarily. It's you just have a to thing take that care of it. Otherwise, it goes bad. <laughs> Harry specifically like, does not do that. There's a scene in the fourth book where yeah. he's like getting yeah, his that, photo taken, and that's he feels embarrassed that he's never done it. Yeah, and like the whole thing is like, oh, Cedric Palaces bond every day, aka he jerks off every day. <laughs> Maybe I'm also just thinking a lot again in terms of like Treecast making jokes about it, and it's like just them being like, <laughs> like Voldemort being like, no, he's having the he's jerking off instead of having the the orb dream again, Wormtail shit <laughs> or whatever. Maybe I'm yeah, just thinking more along with that. that. Yeah, maybe it is. It's not a like. I'm not going to pretend it's 100% not a thing in the books, but it's not a thing in the books. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, it, the ones are interchangeably guns and also dicks, <laughs> is the thing. Usually more guns. Because <laughs> the magic in that series is very dull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, saw a rad comedy yeah. show, uh... 
built a bunch of rad uh, Warhammer guys. I've really gotten into customizing my models. Um, accidentally painted my arm silver. You know how it goes. Oh, you mean in addition to also painting your arm green because of Ziggy's help? Well, that was that was her just overturning a paint pot on me. <laughs> this was me spraying my models with like spray paint as a base. Oh, okay. And right, so you're like holding just the model have a silver at the... arm. Yeah. Right, so you're like holding the model at the base to spray paint it in, so you got some on you as a result. Is what you yeah, mean, I right? don't really know how it happened because I was wearing gloves and also downwind, and yet my entire arm is glittery now. So. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I've never done it. I've never actually used spray paint as a thing, so I can't say one way or another. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah, can, I can know, kind. I... Like you think you get used to it, but apparently. Hmm. <sighs> no, yeah. that's that's pretty much all I did this week. Um, I of course went to my partner's Halloween party, but that's based like you know. Not got a lot to say about that because it was my partner's Halloween party. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's that's not a thing that you'd really talk about a lot in terms of like sharing without their consent. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also like, what am I gonna say? We all went to a party and yeah, <laughs> basically everybody had one beer because it was a Wednesday night party. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, well, it's a weekday, right? Because Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So you had the party yesterday? <laughs> yeah, because my partner's wife had to work on Halloween proper. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did at least play a little bit of Mario Wonder, but I feel like Mario Wonder is kind of just a known thing at this point. <laughs> it's it's the weird Mario you game. Say so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you know, you saw the you saw the trailer, right? You saw Elephant Mario. Yeah, I mean, everybody's seen Elephant Mario. Yeah, it, well, I feel, like more Elephant Mario. M I feel like more people have seen Elephant Peach more than Elephant Mario, but yes, the point stands. That's but, uh, probably fair. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's like, it's, it's, it definitely is a little bit, uh, just strange how much they, like, decided to do, like, yeah, because, like, every level has one of those, like, touch the flower to activate the drugs mode or whatever, and it's like, they all have, like, a separate different thing for the most part. So it's it is a lot of like Nintendo being like let's actually get fucking wacky and creative with Mario again in like a way that like Mario kind of hasn't been since Odyssey I would say because like you know Odyssey you had its like whole creative thing of like you know capture all the monsters and stuff and use them in some way but yeah uh it's it's kind of just a Mario game is the thing though besides that <laughs> like. <laughs> It's I, I I only really got up to like World Four like the very uh, well not even the very first day that Saturday after it launched like a w almost weeks ago just because I've been so busy I haven't actually played it much I, d I did at least try the multiplayer mode with my friend last week because like uh did you ever play Mario Maker online or at all Mario Maker uh no no I didn't. Uh, Mario Maker had notoriously terrible online and that's because like everybody was like in the same instance of the game. So it was trying to sync up basically that across like up to four players. And also like with Mario Maker having a bunch of like wonky bullshit that people could do. Sometimes I feel like it was just causing strain on their server. Uh, Mario Wonder at least basically has everybody in their own instance of the game. But they show up as like basically like a like faded silhouette in your game. 
so that like if they like die they can basically do like the bubble pop thing that mario's had in multiplayer for a while where you could like you know you know uh, jump into the bubble to free them and everything so they can keep going it's on the timer though it's like you only have like five seconds to get to them or they can uh touch one of those like standees you can place in the map to like help other players and so it's like everybody has their own instance but you can still see where people are and like it's fun because you can actually like share power-ups with people even though they're not in the same game as you because like mm-hmm. uh there's one point where it's like i dropped like the bubble power up for my friends because it's like oh okay try using this to get to this thing that i know how to get to and so basically i was able to do that to him even though he wasn't in my game but he could basically grab the the, the bubble uh mushroom from me so it's like it's definitely you know different you don't have any collision with everybody so you can't like pick up a person and throw them into a pit like you could in other mario games multiplayer mm-hmm. at the same time the servers actually were not crying and dying horribly like they were in mario maker <laughs> so <laughs> i consider that an improvement <laughs> even if it's a little disappointing that it's not the same instance and the same level but it's like well it works better as a result yeah i mean it's kind, of, it's kind of all I have to say about it. It's 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 the most interesting Mario's been for a while ever since Odyssey, because like there was just a string of like so many like 2D Mario games that were just kind of dull and not interesting. Like basically ever since they did like the first few uh, like new Mario Brothers games, like on DS and the first like multiplayer one on Wii, it's like they basically just kept making those again and again and again. And it's like this is just bad. Like the Wii U one was bad. The 3DS one was bad. So. At least they, like, took a step back and were like, let's actually address this and do some wacky bullshit with it, while also making it feel different. And also you can play as Daisy, finally, and Daisy's voiced by a new voice actor who is non-binary, so that's cool. That is cool. Yeah. I know I made the, I know I made the right choice playing, da- playing as Daisy for multiple reasons, because Daisy rules. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, maybe this will get me pilloried or whatever, but the thing is, is that I don't care about Mario. Mario is nothing. You run in a straight line and you stomp some turts. It's the same. Uh, there's, like, a little bit less turts this time, is the thing. <laughs> and some- yeah. sometimes the map uh, puts you on the background instead, so you're walking more in, like, a, like, uh, like almost, like, twin-six shooter-y kind of directions. But yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> I liked Mario 3D World for the DS. That was a lot of fun. But ever since then, I just... Oh, uh... I mean, even before then, I haven't... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 3D... That is the only Mario game I've ever cared about. That's true. Like, 3D 3D World was the one that released on Wii U that they re-released on Switch with Bowser's cat mode and stuff. Oh, I see. And like, okay. Yeah, three. Like, I I'd play 3D Land, but I never actually did like the post game stuff because like I think like the small screen with the 3D stuff was just making me feel nauseous a lot. But uh, I did play all of 3D World on the Wii U, and I did get it when they re released it with the Bowser stuff on mm-hmm. Switch, and I played through all of the Bowser stuff, and like I at least got like pretty far along in the main game itself. But I was like, yeah, I mostly got it at the time because that was when I was still living with my roommates. So it's like, well, maybe we'll play this in multiplayer, and we did a little bit, but. Then I was like, I'm going to have my own separate file here for just single-player stuff, because y'all are making me lose a bunch of lives. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, they don't play games as much as me, so they die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a weird thing that they actually brought back in this, the fact that they have a live system after Odyssey got rid of a live system. I don't know why they did that, because the lives have never made, to, like, made any difference in Mario. So it's weird. <laughs> huh. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Mario is like one of those like weird series. I would say too. Like I don't play every single uh, main Mario game. Like, you know, it's like about like every like couple or so I'll play one. But it's like I don't play all of them either. It's it's definitely more like I feel like the overall appeal of Mario is more like the weirder side games like Mario Kart and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hey, what's he doing now? It's like, oh, cool, they made another uh, Mario. Uh, what was the one they did last year? The Mario Soccer game, and it's like, oh, actually, that one kind of sucked. But at least they actually tried Mario Soccer again compared to not doing so since the GameCube. <laughs> Strikers, right? That's what they call. Yeah, not Mario Soccer, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh yeah it's a weird series <laughs> and he kind of just does whatever he wants to do all the time. Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it, it's hmm. the thing is, is that I don't care about Mario and I don't like Zelda and Metroid bored me. So it's I guess I only play video games for Pokemon. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like because like. Trying to think, like, the other major franchise Nintendo has, because, like, you don't play Fire Emblem, right? Nope. You you don't really play Pikmin, to be fair. I mean, there's been a total of, like, I guess, technically five Pikmin games, if you count the bad 3D platformer one, but it's, like... I have never picked a single Min, no. Yeah, so it's, like... I mean, uh... If you play Donkey Kong, I know Donkey Kong's kind of a spin-off of Mario, in a sense, but he also has his own franchise now. I did not enjoy Donkey Kong. Fair. Uh, it was... You, you know what? I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'm really struggling to think of, like, what other main Nintendo franchises are there besides those that we've listed and Pokemon. <laughs> like, I also do like... not Splatoon. Oh, right. Oh, well, that's a disappointment. Splatoon's good. To be fair, I haven't played Splatoon in, like, ages either. Like, I, I at least booted up to pick Team Ghost for the Splatoon event that they did, but I actually don't know who won that because I don't know Nintendo's uh, Blue Sky account if they have one to see the results. <laughs> it's Pokemon, it's Smash, it's ARMS, and it's the legendary Starfy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Smash is, like, the big one, I feel. Like I, like, I feel like most people at least still, like, mess around with Smash, even if they don't play it a lot. Like, I mean, I was basically only booting up Smash to try out the new character that they released with DLC, and then... Yeah, even then, I didn't get any of the DLC for this last one, I just kind of got the base game and sat on it. Huh. Interesting. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, that would also be, like, an extra, like, 40-ish dollars or 50 dollars for the DLC characters, so I like, almost... Like, most of the price of the game, too, again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird they never did, like, a, like, re-release, like, a definitive edition of that. It's like, here's, like, the $80 version or something with all the DLC characters or something. Yeah, given the way they treated Mario Kart, you would think. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, that was basically, like... Because, yeah, because, like, Deluxe was, like, here's the initial DLC they released for Kart 8 on Wii U, and then they just added on the Booster Course pack, like fucking years later. <laughs> it's like, yeah, why would we make Mario Kart 9, or I guess technically 10 if Tor is 9? Why would we do that when we can uh, just make more DLC for the game that people already have and love? <laughs> I adored Mario Kart 7, but 8, nope, not happening. So, hmm. it seems like what I'm beginning to notice is that the through line is that it specifically has to be on the 3DS. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're just way into the 3DS rather than the Switch. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, arms, but other than that... <laughs> 
Which, again, I, I find that the most surprising, because nobody played ARMS. Yeah, nobody did play ARMS. It was great. I, I, like, just slightly enough people played ARMS, I guess, to get Min Min in Smash, but still. <laughs> uh, I mean, Min Min was the right choice. I know everybody wanted the goopy blob guy or the lady with the big ass, but it's like, you're probably not going to put the lady with the big ass in there. And also, like, Min Min just has, like, more overall appeal than the blob, I think. <laughs> I mean, I kind of wanted the clown girl, but sure. Oh, also, yeah, people also wanted the clown girl, yeah. <laughs> Lola. Lola Pop. Yeah. yeah, Lola Pop, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like uh, like of all the pick, like of all the answers that they had there, like when they announced it was an ARMS character, I feel like most people was just like, please just pick anybody except Springman and even maybe Ribbon Girl. Pick anybody else but those two. Well, I don't know. <laughs> people like, like, just don't pick like the laziest option here of just the guy in the box art. <laughs> I would absolutely understand why if they picked him because oh yeah, yeah, yeah he no, is like, the guy on the box yeah, art exactly yeah Springman is the guy on the box art it would make all the sense in the world but it's fun that they didn't pick him <laughs> I just love that it's a game about a world where people just woke up one day and people had wild springy arms and instead of investigating it they started doing MMA about it <laughs> I, I forgot that that's the lore of arms yeah <laughs> yep. I mean, it's soft lore, like, it's barely anything, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like. woke up one day with spring arms. <laughs> yeah, it's like the most basic framework of, like, why did we make this game with the springy arms? Eh, people just woke up with it one day and decided to just basically be like, alright, cool, I guess we'll punch each other for sport now with these. <laughs> the closest thing we get to real lore is that the DNA guy was a reverse engineered experiment of trying to figure out why people had spring arms. That's all we got. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I had I had bought that game. I played it for, like, five hours. <laughs> Ugh. <in> arms. <laughs> to be fair, I mean, like, a lot of that was because, like... I mean, to be fair, like, the Switch, they get a lot of games in 2017. Because, like, I mean, ARMS released just, like, three months after the Switch launch, if I remember correctly. So I think that was that June... It was like, it's basically during just the summer lull, it was still like a month and a half before Splatoon 2, so it's just like, yeah, I guess I'll get this, just have something else to do to play, and yeah. then it's like, oh, actually, hmm, not as into this. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that was also the year that they got Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade 2, so, yeah, the Switch had a pretty good 2017 for being a launch year. It's just, nobody remembers ARMS. <laughs> I yeah, feel like I if do. it wasn't for Min Min being in Smash, nobody would remember ARMS but you. <laughs> You keep saying that nobody remembers it, but we've established that. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody at Nintendo is like, God, I can't, I can't believe they fucking don't remember Arms. And I want to release Arms Two now with the leg. <laughs> <laughs> if they, if they ever did release, make an Arms Two, it should just have the subtitle now with leg, not legs, just leg, <laughs> just one weird springy leg on people. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think we're ever gonna see arms again. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that also is the other one I can think of now since I said it. You never have also played Xenoblade, so there's that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a pity because Xenoblade Three is actually one of the best games on the Switch, <laughs> along with the other franchise you don't touch, Fire Emblem, because Three Houses is also one of the best games on the Switch. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. Yeah.
I don't know. We should we should probably pivot to Gyoshi, right? We've been already talking for forty minutes. <laughs> I guess that's probably fair. I don't know. <sighs> I mean, we have long chapters. It's not like we can just be like, eh, we're not gonna talk about Kiyoshi this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, Unless. no. I mean, I think it's okay. We can we can get started. Um. Yeah. Let's see. So, the chapter I am covering this week is called Obligations, and it's another Janju chapter. Yay! Now, Yay. the thing is, is that I actually like this one a lot better than his last one, because we get to see him actually, like, maneuvering and not just sitting around being a Yeah. Woman. Yeah, that that was him just, like, being like, all right, I'm back at home. What the fuck we doing? <laughs> Kiyoshi kicked me, sad face. <laughs> Okay, um, so Janju and Heiran are in the library, and he has been invited to a big fancy party, and he's mad about it. Um, basically, they've been having these meetings twice a day, ever since everything went down, though it doesn't say how long it's been since it went down. I mean, I guess we get the indication that it's a couple days, but... That is, that's like one of the few things about Kiyoshi so far that I have not liked as much, just because, like, I would appreciate if there was, like, actually, like, a time scale being mentioned. Like, I get that it's, like, a little bit weird if the narration was basically, like, being, like, it's been five days since Kiyoshi left the manor or something like that. But it's, like, I would, I would appreciate that there was, like, at least somewhere in there, like, even a notation of, like, X days since Yoon got, got, <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would be great if we had any concept of how this was going i just there's so much going on and it feels like on kiyoshi's end that this is like 10 minutes tops she just flew away and had this meeting but over here it seems like yeah on kiyoshi's end it seemed like it's been like a handful of days at most and on janju's end it seems like it's been at least like a month or so with the amount of time he has to wait to get his response and stuff and also traveling over by carriage and stuff Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. But, essentially, Janju feels like Hui, who is a rival sage that he's mentioned before, is responsible for this big fancy party that he's that Janju has been invited to at the Beifong Manor. Uh, Lu Beifong was Janju's teacher once upon a time, and is, you know, insisting that they have this big party. And, uh... Apparently, Hui has been staying at the Beifong Manor, like, just saying that, hey, by the way, Jonju definitely shouldn't have control over the Avatar like that. Which, <laughs> on the one hand, true, yes, definitely. Yeah. But also, it's only because Hui wants it himself, so... <laughs> yeah. Also, worth pointing out that the the whole reason for the party is that they want to celebrate Yoon's victory over the Takaka's group. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. particularly, like, let's bring the Avatar here and have a party. And he's like, ah, fuck me. I don't actually have that kid anymore because I fed him to a spirit. Fuck. <laughs> 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 Probably yeah. should have foreseen this turn of events where somebody might want to see the kid that I got killed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Janju, maybe if you were, like, actually a little bit honest and just admitted that you had the wrong kid, uh, I know it would have been a political shitstorm, but maybe it would be less of a political shitstorm than whenever people find out you've been fucking lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, 
that's what happens when you lie to the people for 16 years or whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, for the longest time they actually didn't have the Avatar, and like, as Kelsong put it, all the evidence pointed to it being Yoon. I mean, I guess we never are just going to get an explanation for how it is that he like just pulled all those random fucking tiles that was like mimicking Kuruk's strategy and stuff. That's just, that's just a fluke, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's that's kind of the same thing that they're talking about now. It's very, like... They haven't heard back about the sure shoes, and thanks to this party, there's not enough time to deal with that, and they they can't, like... They have to figure out what they're going to do about the Avatar, because obviously Yun is dead, so they could lie and say he's sick, but then he looks like a bad guardian, and we will send a legion of doctors and stuff to the house... And you don't want to be under siege by doctors. That's just not a good time. Um, yeah, like the, like it's mentioned that like if they send a bunch of doctors, I mean, just keep turning them away. Eventually, they're gonna suspect something's up. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> but no, it, it, essentially, they need to figure out who their allies are and who's gonna stick with them when this goes down. So, really, what they are going to do is they're gonna go to this party because Jeonju has a sneaky plan. So they go in a big caravan at slowly overland, carrying lots of gifts, and it does mention here Jeonju has decided that he is going to pay whatever it takes to have the best earthbender smooth down the roads, because he just absolutely cannot stand to ride on the roads. He's so used to flying on Pong Pong, he didn't realize how bumpy it was. And it's like... Again, this is technically a good impulse, because better roads would help everyone, but it's purely for selfish reasons. This guy is such an interesting character in that way. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's, it's like, hey, well, join join the party here, Jeonju. The road's been uh, ass here in America for fucking centuries at this point, basically. For not yeah, centuries, yeah, yeah. but decades. <laughs> you know, we're, we're always in the middle of infrastructure week. Yeah. It's like when Domino's went around filling the potholes because that city wouldn't do it themselves. It, that's that's yeah. the level that John Ju was on here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Speaking of which, don't buy Domino's. They support Israel's campaign. So, um, hooray! There's better sources for shitty pizza than Domino's. <laughs> there are also don't buy Papa John's. Oh yeah, you no, want bad Papa pizza? John... Go to Little Caesars. <laughs> yeah, people people are known for ages about Papa John's being shit. Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so they have arrived after X number of days of travel, we do not know, at Beifong Manor, which, it has a mention here that, essentially, his conclusion is that all rich people's houses are the same, with big walls to keep the townsfolk out, a huge garden to display humility before nature, and then a residential quarter where humility is just thrown out the window and everything is silver and gold. Which, interesting... I appreciate that observation, but also his house is exactly like that. <laughs> like yep. He would. Yeah. <laughs> he. I don't know. He has all these like wry observations about rich people and what high society is like, but I either he does not understand that he is exactly like that, or he does understand and he's just like, ah, eh, but whatever, I'm cool. <laughs> Yeah, like, I wonder if part of it is him being like, well, at least I'm, like, trying to basically run the Earth Kingdom single-handedly, because the king sure doesn't, 
and these people sure don't, so I'm yeah, allowed uh -huh. to have that nice stuff. <laughs> like, mm, if you actually were being altruistic here, trying to actually work for the Earth Kingdom and to make it better, you would actually not be living in the palace as well, and also not having control over, like, pretty much 90% of the, of the place. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Hui meets them there. He's, I guess, standing outside to act as the, uh, the official greeter. And um, there, there's this interesting sort of back and forth where it's, you know, the how was your journey? And Zhang Zhu has to say definitely most pleasant, while he, meanwhile he's imagining grinding Hui into a little powder. And mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, there, there's this very sycophantic, high society sort of uh, 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 headmistress, he said, providing Heiron unnecessary help out of her carriage. You look radiant. I'd swear you've stepped out of the pages of Yuan Shen's finest love poetry. <laughs> Hey, well, I'm imagining Heron just basically being a disheveled mess of her hair everywhere from having been on the road for days. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Uh, Heron specifically would never let her hair be like that. That is her whole uh, thing. I guess, I guess true, yeah. There's a point later on where it's like, oh, she, what, she let her hair down. Oh, fuck. <laughs> your yeah, hair is your honor, and the Fire Nation cares about honor. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, I, we don't need to start that conversation again. Um, no, everybody, everybody who's familiar with Avatar knows that stuff. <laughs> no, I just mean I was inches away from devolving into my... Boy, I do not like how this nation is portrayed as only being about the one thing. Um, oh yeah, we get we get some of that nonsense as well in the next chapter too. <laughs> yep, mm -hmm, we sure do. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, of course, all of this boils down to Hui asking why Yun isn't here, and, uh, they have to, like, there's fully three paragraphs between <laughs> when he asks that question <laughs> and when Zhu answers him, and it's all, like, Zhu's internal monologue of how he's figuring out the, the games and the hints, and he's guessing how Hui thinks based on his past experience, and based on what Hui thinks, what he's going to tell Lu Bei Fong, and um, like the, the fact that the Avatar and Kelsong aren't here is obviously a sign of weakness, and what that means, and how it's going to go back to everybody else. And uh, all he ultimately ends up saying is that uh, the Avatar is with Kelsong. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess... Uh, for, I... Based on where we are at in this part of the story, if we're still supposed to leave, believe that Yun is also dead, I guess he's technically not incorrect by saying he's with Kelsong. Yeah, uh-huh. Being, being, being dead in the dirt. <laughs> I mean, he got ate by a ghost. That's a pretty good way to get dead. Um, Yeah, but also it's like still, I, uh, there's there's been other times where it seemed like somebody was killed by a spirit and then it's actually those stuck in the spirit world, so I still don't believe... I don't think that they would kill off Yoon after, like, eight chapters of being introduced. I feel like that kid's still coming, gonna come back and be pissed. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he shows up in the Young Chen books having been displaced from time. Uh, this is a joke, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> it's like, wait, where, where's Kiyoshi? What? You're, what? You're not the Avatar? And it's like, actually, no, I am. <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> no, um, if I may divert a little bit, the Young Chen books are really fascinating to me. Because, in the first one at least, she's basically not the main character. It's this other guy named Kavik, who is a thief. And it, it's very much this chapter, but as a 
book. Because mm. Yang Chen's whole deal is that in her time, the Avatar is a much more respected political figure, like basically what Zhu wants it to be. And as a result, there are constantly like spies and thieves around her always. And so the yeah. main thrust of this book is that Kavik, who is our main character, tries to steal from her, and then she basically blackmails into him into being her agent because she's running her own counter-spy network. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Above yeah. board, she's all air nomad and precious and blah blah blah, and then beneath the surface, she's got this entire network of gay people working for her. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, my spy network of all these bisexuals. <laughs> uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. No queers allowed in the nice spy network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cool. She's. She's extremely schemy and manipulative, and I feel like a lot of why those books happened is because I think F.C. Lee is very good at writing this sort of political intrigue part of it, mm -hmm. and wanted to do that for a protagonist and not the worst guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would, it would, oh boy, I'm just now thinking of like, what if uh, they went in the opposite direction and were like, I'm gonna do the prequel book that's about John Ju, you know, similar to like that prequel book about uh president snow and how he's definitely not a bad guy even though he runs a fascist government <laughs> oh he is a bad guy that's the whole point of the prequel i know yeah no I, i'm being facetious about that because yeah. the book is still trying to keep him as the protagonist being like but he fell in love with one of the people in the hunger Games, so that makes him decent right and it's like no he's still a fascist <laughs> yeah. um yeah so they go inside to meet Lu Bei fong who is at a big throne at the end of the hall Lu Bei Fong isn't the Earth King, but he is uh, John Zhu's Earthbending Master from way back in the day. He is ancient, and I guess he is rich enough to have a throne. I don't really know how that hierarchy works. Um, yeah, from my recollection, uh, Toph's family does not have a throne by the time she's around. Yeah. I mean, we mm. don't know really how a lot of it works but he's not a regional governor and as far as i know there's no dukes or counts or anything so i don't know why <laughs> yeah because like i guess to be fair like we don't really actually get a whole lot of details about like what sort of power in the earth kingdom the Beifongs have by the time of last airbender because it's yeah. like they basically are just like yeah they're a wealthy family and their daughter sneaks out to do a uh, fight club yep <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about it. Yeah. So then we get a, a sort of political maneuvering scene where it's, um, Zhu had proposed this idea of giving a loan to the Southern Water Tribe to help them pay for a navy, which the idea being, of course, that then they could protect their own waters, and because right now it's the Fire Nation patrolling them, even though the Fire Nation are super far away which is frankly ridiculous. So the idea is to loan them the money, which will help them progress as a society, but also, like, indebt them to the Earth Kingdom, which, in theory, makes things better for the person who gave them the loan, because then, like, he looks better in their eyes because he helped them do all this, right? But, of course, it's not going to happen, because Hui is here, and Hui's job, as he sees it at least, is just to gainsay everything John Chu has ever proposed and convince mm -hmm. Lu Beifong to not do it. So <laughs> I like I like that even the the narration mentions like he's really just standing up against this just because he just does not like me and like he has no other reason. It's not like it's yeah. like, oh this is like a political or like 
like military adv advantage to say no, fuck that. It's just like nah, I just don't like Jonzu. I just don't want him to get yeah. what he wants. <laughs> well, fully the just thing fair, is, is that, that what who he specifically has never done anything in his life. He has not achieved any political victories, but by specifically being an opponent to everything Jonzu says, he has been able to raise in status and make himself more important. Mm -hmm. It's it's very much the epitome of modern American politics. You don't have to have a platform as long as you call the other guy stupid and ugly. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like uh, that's like at least half of our political, uh, you know. Uh, why am I trying to think politician? Like, why am I trying to think of how to make the word politician be two words with political and then something else? It's like, no, that's half. A, that's literally half of politicians just yeah. basically being like, no, fuck you. We don't want to do anything. And it's like, okay, well, what's your, what's your, what's your platform? Your my platform is fuck you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John Ju is very much the Joe Biden of our story, and Hui is the Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm just being like, who, who would mock be? <laughs> I mean, he's Jean he's Zhu just Biden. Zhu Biden. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, there's the fucking title for this episode. I think. Yep. Uh huh. There we go. Jean uh. Joe Biden. And that doesn't work as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um. So there is a note here about how like. Lu Beifong's wife, uh, Lady Wu Mei, had been incredibly helpful in this instant in instances like this, because she was actually like intelligent and wasn't just a grumpy old man who wanted his ego appeased. So she was able to like push him in the direction of doing things that would actually benefit people. But since she's gone, it's just Hui who's been living here at the manor and saying whatever Jean, uh, 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 Beifong needed to hear. So, no, this loan doesn't happen, and um. Yeah. Basically, Hui tricks, tricks, quote-unquote, convinces Zhu to say that really the only thing we'd be losing is this one strand of islands, and those don't matter. Like, what's the big deal? We could gain so much. Yeah. We can lose these islands. I, it's fine. I'm I'm sure this definitely won't have repercussions for the South Warrior tribe uh, generations from now. Not at all. Whatsoever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> with them not have, with them not being able to protect themselves properly from, you know, say, an invasion force. Yep, yep. <laughs> definitely, definitely no, not going to be an issue at all whatsoever. Nope. Yeah, but because he has been goaded into saying this out loud, Hui is able to take the angle that, like, how dare you say that any part of our nation doesn't matter? Obviously, we need every piece of land that we can get. And uh, Beifong falls in line, so there will be no loan, and the Water King Water Tribes are doomed. Good job, Hui. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Zhangju is so angry about this. He he desperately wants to destroy Hui, and we know he could because he is a bending master. He would he could very easily kill I mean, this man yeah, and he, never get he, caught. He killed Kelsong without even fucking flinching about it. <laughs> he uh -huh. definitely killed this guy. But for whatever reason, he restrains himself, because he's going to destroy this guy politically instead. So as he's thinking about, like, if the Avatar were here, we would have won that fight, uh, he pulls Hui away into a separate art room, and Hui is like, 
Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I just, you know, I had to give him the other side. I'm a both sides guy. You have to say what's on your mind. Yeah, I could not help but notice that they definitely do the say both sides in there. Yeah. Yep. Oh, there, it's a little weird, right? Because there is a note. Both sides was a rhetorical weapon used by hypocrites and the ignorant. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yep. yet, mm -hmm. the guy saying it is a full-on fascist. <laughs> Yay. So, you know. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, uh, so he pulls Hui off to this other room where he confesses that uh, he lost the Avatar, which Hui is so freaked out about. But the thing is, is that um, he's not telling the truth, obviously, because this is John Zhu we're talking about. Essentially, his story is that he and Yun had a fight about how Yun's bending was coming along. And, uh, he got too angry and said things he shouldn't have, and then Yun and Kelsong run away with the bison. And, like, they could be anywhere in the world. Who knows where they could have gone? And, um... <laughs> Hui is, like, thrilled by this. Uh, he He's confused, because he didn't think Kelsong actually did anything but sit around and, like, pretend to be important. You know, aside from doing that whole, uh, lot of murder... Uh, years ago. Well, how well known is that? Mm, I mean, Kyoshi Tagaka certainly knew. didn't know. <laughs> Tagaka knew about it, but also yeah, but it killed Kyoshi, it killed Tagaka's grandfather. So yeah, I guess. But and like three of her cousins, I think she said. You said like Kyoshi doesn't know it. It's like Kyoshi's a teenager. <laughs> Kyoshi is also a servant in a house where that guy lives, and servants talk. Nah, was a servant in the house where that guy lived. <laughs> Yeah, and? <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. That's not relevant to the fact that she <laughs> know, would be included in their gossip. <laughs> I know. Maybe maybe Kyoshi just doesn't ever hang around them to actually hear any gossip. She doesn't know any hot gossip. <laughs> At any rate, Chanju puts on a big show of being, like, regretful and how he shouldn't have said these things and it's his fault and he should have tried to understand Yun better and just the damage can never be repaired and Hui is so eager to jump on this. Like, he desperately wants Jeonju to fail, because that's how Hui moves up in the world, is by pushing Jeonju down. So, um, the, the fact that he's confided is bait that Hui cannot help but fall for. So he agrees to help out, and, um, basically, well, he's, he's gonna handle this issue, because that puts him in so much of a better position. Once the Avatar is found, like, he can take over, because obviously Jean-Ju can't do it, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, this is gonna, obviously, bite him real hard when it comes out that, uh, actually, Yun was never the Avatar, but, because it makes him complicit in the story, you see, because now he's lying to everyone. <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Hui goes to the sages and Beifong and tells them pretty much exactly what Zhu had told everyone in the house, which is that Yun was, like, crazy good at bending, but he's so bad at being, like, spiritual or whatever that Kelsong took him on a retreat to meditate. Um, <laughs> more importantly, this, this journey of nomadic uh, spiritualism is specifically not going to the air temples, because that's way too obvious. <laughs> <sighs> don't oh, expect boy. him anytime soon don't worry about it 
I'm, I'm just waiting for when this whole web of lies just collapses upon Janju, because it's gonna be way worse for him than if he was just honest about being like, yep, had the wrong kid. Uh, Kelsang tried to steal the <laughs> avatar, had to do what it had to do, uh, we need to yeah. find her. <laughs> Like, yeah, again, I know that would be a political shitstorm because they would invalidate all of Yoon's uh, treaties and stuff, but it's like, once, once, you know, in his whole view of things, once he has Kiyoshi and he has to admit to that anyway, all that shit's going to be out the window regardless. Yep. Well, Might that'll be okay, be like, though, because then he has the real avatar. Well, yeah, but it's like, he could just basically be like, hey, yeah, no, uh, every, all the evidence pointed to this kid wasn't this kid, it's this other kid, we gotta find her. When we get her, we'll read, we'll rewrite all those treaties and have her sign them. Don't worry about it; it's gonna be fine. Just please help me out with finding her, please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, yeah, John Zhu is too fucking prideful in, in his own way of just being like, I need to have control of the avatar, nobody else. And it's like you, you're not gonna have full control of her if you actually get her back and then have to admit to this because everybody's gonna be like, what the fuck, my guy. Yeah, well, you, you see, that's why he's doing it years. this way, is because now Hui is telling everyone this, and everyone believes it, because Hui and John Ju are have been openly at war for so many years that, like, if they are coming from the same place, if they are on the same lines, then it must be true. And by having Hui tell the court this, one, they all believe it, because no way would these two be working together on something, that's ridiculous. And two... When the new avatar is revealed and it's not Yun, suddenly Hui loses all credibility. So like, he he is specifically doing this to take out a political opponent. Yeah, I get that, but it's like still like <laughs> there's gonna be other people that are gonna be like, so uh, you told us it was Yun, and uh, you were lying about that. <laughs> I mean, I don't see why he couldn't just say, "Well, I was wrong at that point." Like you're suggesting. Yeah, I don't know. I. I, I just, I guess I'm just wondering why it's like, why nobody in his own estate is being like, so, uh, where's Yoon? Where's Kelsung? What happened to them? <laughs> why are they, why well, are they not here? Well, I mean, here? it said right there that this is literally exactly the same story that Jeonju told the people at the estate. They all think that they're on a spiritual journey. I think, I think I missed that part where he told them all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. the, the reason that's mainly interesting is because Hui comes up with the story totally independently, but it's basically the exact same story. Mm. But, it's going to go yeah. bad for both of them when the lies revealed. Uh, sure. I mean, that's that's how political maneuvering works. The, the issue is not um, winning. The issue is damage control. You do more damage to the opponents and you still come out ahead, even if you lose. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, so the rest of the visit is pretty boring. It's, like, extremely nothing. It's spending hours groveling in front of an old, 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 old man. Um, Shonji <laughs> thinks a little bit about how he wishes Beifong would just die already so he didn't have to bow, for, bow to him anymore. And, again, this is a guy who could make that happen, but he still refuses, um, well, I feel like if he did that, he would have to kill all these motherfuckers at this place. <laughs> like, I don't think they're gonna let him walk if he just, like, fucking ices Beifung. <laughs> Bro is sitting on a throne. You know how easy it would be to throw a spike up through the throne and, like, just impale him <laughs> right, right without at, being right noticed? His ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like One people would notice motion. the spike coming out of his ass all the way up to his brain. 
Well, yes, but they wouldn't necessarily know who did it, right? That that's just one motion. That's not complicated bending fighting. Like Jaju just hides it. That room is full of earthbenders. He hides the motion in like doing like raising a glass and a toast to Yoon, just being like, "Yep," and it's like, "Well, somebody somebody killed him during the toast." And and then and then Monokuma shows up and being like, "A body has been discovered." After the class trial. I don't know why I'm bringing Monokuma into this. He definitely does not exist in this world. <laughs> I, I don't not. know what that is. It, it's it's the teddy bear from Danganronpa. <laughs> Who makes the kids murder each other. <laughs> okay. Sure. Are you not familiar with Danganronpa? No. I don't know what that is. It's it's a it's a video game series by Spike Chunsoft. Where like the whole premise is like, oh you're trapped in this school, but if you get away with murdering another classmate, you get you get to leave the school, but everybody else will die if they don't find out who it is, kinda of deal. Sounds unpleasant. It's um, a visual novel series, yeah. It's 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 got like uh like mini games and stuff along the way of like doing the class trials to figure out who does it and how and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so eventually they leave the party, uh, Heiron and Jeonju getting into one carriage for the journey back instead of the two that they took on the way here, so I don't know what's up with that, because it's gonna be a day or two, and I can't imagine they will enjoy being with each other for that long. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes. Um, they they have this conversation, now that they're in private, about how Jeonju is, knows that she is so mad at him, and it's like... Yes, obviously she is mad at him. He told his weakness to the worst possible person. And he keeps lying to people for no apparent reason, and... <laughs> again, again, I'm on, I'm on board of Feyron here. It's like, why the fuck are you not just being honest about what happened, my guy? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the thing is, though, is he comes from very much the same point that I was trying to expose earlier. He, by exposing vulnerability, ensured that Hui would absolutely believe it, because Hui wouldn't believe anything that made him look good. So, now his story is set with the entire Earth Kingdom. Everyone believes him. The only person he has to worry about now is Kiyoshi. He's not facing pressure from all sides. Which, you know, she's not really on board with. She seems kind of skeptical. And it blames this on her bending, which I don't like. Because, again, we're, like, falling into the the nations as stereotypes of people thing, but... Mm -hmm. <sighs> Firebenders thought in terms of positive Jing, always staying on the offensive. No. That's... No. That is a broad generalization about an entire nation. You can't do that. <sighs> but, um... Hey, sex. <laughs> yep. But yes, ultimately, he, like, his line here is that all warfare is based on deception, and that is apparently from the Fire Nation, so he's trying to use it to convince her. And when he says this, uh, Heron rips her hairpin out and throws it against the wall so hard that it bends, which, uh, for the first time today, Jeanju was truly alarmed, for a Fire Nation native to treat her hair, her topknot this way, meant she was losing her honor. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, the thing is, though, she's finally ready to say what she feels for the first time, and she's desperate. 
because she pushed that boy so far. She was complicit in his abuses. She mm -hmm. hurt him so bad. And even though he's not the Avatar, like, she still has the obligation to keep him alive and make sure he was the best he could be, and now he's dead, and it's at least partly her fault. <laughs> Sorry, you were it's, saying? It's, I, I was just saying, like, yep, sure is, just because, like, she was, uh, you know, complete, uh, you know, had a part in his abuse and everything. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. Ah. <sighs> I would say, like, it's, like, part of Yoon's death is on her just in terms of her, you know, uh, not just fucking icing Janju years ago, because this guy sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wouldn't really, like, put much of the blame on her, considering that it was Janju who threw Yoon into a fucking monster. Yeah, I don't know. This, obviously this is meant to be a very conflicting position, but it's, like... Mm -hmm. She is a better person than he is in that she genuinely thought she was helping Yoon by enabling this abuse, but the fact remains that she was enabling the abuse, and so yeah. it doesn't matter that she thought she was doing it she, for a good she's reason. At, she's at least cognizant enough to call it what it was, unlike right. John Chu. <laughs> Especially now that he's gone, I think she's realizing a lot more the things that they did to him. Yeah. Which, uh, too late. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And you only have, uh, the guy across the carriage from you to blame for that, because, again, he's the one that threw him into a fucking monster to be uh -huh. eaten, presumably. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, she doesn't know that. He lied to her, too. Well, yeah, because he lies to fucking everyone, and I hope that this guy gets dunked on by the entire world once his lies are revealed. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, um... So he says that they can still fix this. They can make everything right, because all they need is Kiyoshi, and everything will be fine. And, um... Heiron really does not believe that anymore. Like, she's done believing him when he says things, which is nice. I give her that much, at least. It took you 30 years too long, but it happened. You mm -hmm. got there. And, um... Let's see, the line here is, If that's the case, and I don't think it is, you set ablaze the time we had left and scattered the ashes. As soon as that party is over, Hui is going to march to the other sages and tell them what you told him. <sighs> mm -hmm. Yep. But Zhu is confident that Hui is going to wait longer than that, because Hui is a smart, calculating, careful guy. He's not going to mess something up by jumping too fast and, like, revealing his hand too early. Which uh, Heiron always thought was Janju's deal, but uh, not anymore. So, uh, then, and this is my favorite power move ever, to prevent him from saying anything back, she just immediately goes to sleep. Because yeah. she has the she ability to <laughs> fall asleep at will. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, military training, she's just able to fall asleep wherever at whatever point, just because she doesn't know when she gets to sleep again. And, you know, just based in military service. And it's like, I, I'm just imagining her just basically just, you know, uh, like just basically wrapping herself in essentially a blanket that is her dress or whatever and just being like, I'm out, done, I win. I, honestly, I much prefer to imagine it being like she finishes the sentence and then just keels over. <laughs> There's a, uh, what is it? In the Seventh Tower series by Garth Nix, there's a, a, a clan of people who live they're they're basically nomads and the thing that they have trained themselves to do is to go to sleep instantly whenever they feel like it 
and stay asleep for a predetermined number of breaths. They, they subconsciously count their breaths while they sleep, and that is so cool. I wish I could do that desperately. <laughs> I mean, I would just wish to be able to just fall asleep when I want to. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like everybody's like, uh, you know, I'm up half the night because my brain won't shut the fuck up. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to just be able to just be like, I choose to sleep now. <laughs> just I'm going over. to sleep and I'm going to sleep for 8000 breaths and then I will wake up and it'll be tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> the ice coral way. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yes, so they're like heading back. Uh, he's falling asleep himself. He can't plan too far out, because sometimes you just have to sit and wait until the next thing happens, because earthbending, neutral jing, blah blah blah. Uh, eventually, they get back to Yokoya, where uh, there are two extremely large boxes waiting for them. Um, it's, you know, there's a crew of university students surrounding these boxes and basically poking them with big forks. <laughs> and... Uh, could could not help but just remember the intro of the original Jurassic Park, <laughs> moving the raptor. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's yeah. It's just it's just big intro of the Jurassic Park energy of just going shoota, shoota. <laughs> and there's there's fully uh, the the guy who was with them, Professor Shaw. You remember the one white guy in Avatar? He's... Oh yeah, the token white guy. <laughs> yeah, not to to reiterate on a theme or whatever, but he is fully dressed like an English explorer. He's got the khakis and the pit helmet. Mm -hmm. It's... <laughs> I mean, we, we have seen that a few times in Avatar, the show itself. Like, that's what that one professor looking for the library of Wan Chi Tong was dressed as, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Um, but yes, uh, so, and while they're greeting each other the boxes start rattling and then something shoots out of the box it, it punches a hole in the side of the box and whips two of the students and they just collapse immediately and professor shaw doesn't seem bothered at this by this at all he just like looks at them and then gives johnju a thumbs up <laughs> yeah it looks like it's described as like he looked at his unpaid interns on the floor it was just like eh, sucks to suck <laughs> well they're not even interns they are students yeah, I think it I think it refers to them as interns at that point though when like they're laying on the ground. It does, but earlier it referred to them as his students yeah. from the university. So the only thing yeah. I can imagine is that he basically bullied these kids into helping transport the things for a grade. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> it was like, "Well, you two got hit by the tongue, so you fail." <laughs> but yeah. Um Ultimately, though, it's good that the Shershus can knock people out like this because uh, Jeanju needs them to be in peak condition because when they are in peak condition, apparently they can use their incredible sense of smell to track a target across even oceans. So, uh, yeah. Uh, he, Of course, he sent word out to all the people on his side across the entire kingdom, the, the ones he'd spent years bribing or buying, etc., telling them to be on the lookout for these two girls, but, uh, you know, now he's got the sure shoes and they can track anything anywhere. So, uh, quote, one way or another, he was going to fulfill his promise to the Avatar. There would be no hiding for Kiyoshi, not in this world. And that's the end of my chapter. And that's why we have to trap uh, Zhangju in the spirit world, this way Kiyoshi can be free. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Yeah. Or Kiyoshi you know, could it... just go there. Or that, yeah. 
I mean, either way, it's like, well, if there's no freedom in this world, then fuck you, go to the other world. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, I mean, this... Obviously, Jean Zhu is still the worst, but I liked this so much more than his last chapter. He He's a much more active player, he's scheming, yeah. he's figuring things out. He's not just, like, lying to his friend and pretending to be sad. <laughs> I mean, he's lying to his friend, but in this case doesn't have to pretend to be sad because he's still lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, But the last yeah. time we had a Jean Zhu chapter, it was entirely just... Oh no, Kelsong is dead, and I didn't do it. And I'm sad. <laughs> so, no, it was it was nice to see him get to do something at least a little competently, even if he did basically lose in every interaction. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's it's still a case of, like, I'm just waiting for all these... All those guys' fucking lies to just collapse around him and, be, and for him to get just dunked on by the world. Ha. Huh. Because he sucks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I think I'm good for my chapter. Do you have anything else to say? No, I, th I think I think it's just like it again. It's just the usual refrain of like John G's the worst, but at least he's actually doing stuff as opposed to standing around looking at a painting, being like, "Oh, well, was me." <laughs> also, send this to this guy to bribe him for monsters. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I suppose if that's all, we should take a quick break for our Patreon plug, and we'll be right back with another mm -hmm. chapter. Yeah, uh, you can always find us at patreon.com slash usweirdos, where we have a bunch of stuff for y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most notably, that is a 13-week advance on our other show, The Axe Files. We do a lot of reading for this show these days, and uh, it's a blast. <laughs> In some cases, it's a lot of reading. Most of those books are like 60-something pages, though. <laughs> well, sure, but between that and Kiyoshi... True, um, uh, true, yeah. Yeah, but we also have other goodies available for you. And speaking of reading, the thing I do every week is I do a full review recommendation of a queer book. I read at least one queer book every week to make sure that I give you the best of the best. <laughs> and I don't do reading, I instead look at my uh, Steam profile and also now my PS5 and be like, what do I want to play here to talk over? <laughs> it is still pretty neat that the PS5 just lets you like fully just export that stuff to YouTube or Twitch. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, the other thing, of course, that we do on this show is to give a huge shout-out to our patrons. So we need to say thank you very, very much to Bookcase Queen and Aurora Borealis. We couldn't do it without you. Yep. We continue to appreciate your support and hope you stick around. Absolutely. But uh, for now, take care and enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, my chapter, chapter 18, is simply called The Town, because... <sighs> One of the things I don't get with this book is sometimes the chapter ties are quite literal. <laughs> they're they're not like you don't really have to like think about the chapter as much at times. It's like oh okay the town because we're going to a town <laughs> after we were just at a different town <laughs> and that town also <laughs> sucks. <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically Kyoshi's group arrives at the oh god I forgot how the fucking naughty book said this uh Taihua Mountain uh south of Ba Sing Se. Uh, with basically, uh, 
they just say like uh, you know Lauga's just like oh thanks for having turned around to pick me up it's like we don't get that scene at all played out it's just they apparently just were like oh okay there he is let's get him <laughs> yeah <laughs> but easier they have him now he, he's perfectly fine uh is just a bit worried about how he was likely off murdering someone after she had talked to him and that's why he was missing that morning well, I mean, presumably uh, a bunch of cops, so... <laughs> you know, one would hope, yeah. If you're going to go murder anybody, maybe kill that lawman guy who is in charge of that group. <laughs> and not not anybody who get, had, is stuck in that town just like you were. But yeah. Uh, but Karima basically tells Rangi at this point that the outpost they're looking for isn't on any of their maps, and that they're still going the right way, just trust us here. Uh, they come to a uh, crater hidden in the mountain range that has uh, the Daofei encampment of, oh boy, I also forgot this pronunciation, Hujiang? Uh, Hujiang? <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm doing my best here. Uh, which also has a small lake there, which Wang says is way more busy than usual, which is definitely not at all concerning nor foreshadowing. Hooray! There is a brief mention here of Lek deliberately trying to get uh, yeah, 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 to like him more than Kyoshi, which yeah, yeah, he's trying to butter up the bison. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny because Kyoshi does not care at all because it just means she doesn't have to take care of the bison anymore. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, well, I kind of have my own little servant here because he forages for food for her, so I guess there's that. <laughs> I don't have to take care of Pong Pong anymore since I got this guy, this guy to do it for me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. The guy I hate is doing all my homework. Yay! <laughs> and I'm getting the credit regardless. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. They go and land uh, Pang Pang in a cave some ways off and have to make the trek into town, with apparently the uh, Flying Opera Company members uh, not having spare neckerchiefs to go for Kyoshi and Rangi, and they were to win ward off the wind, sand, and COVID, because uh, they're not masked <laughs> in the big town. <laughs> with a bunch of sand blowing everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangi tells Kiyoshi that she, uh, Kiyoshi, let me, let me take that again. Rangi tells Kiyoshi, I don't know how I butchered Kiyoshi's name pronunciation, <laughs> she's on the cover, uh, that she should try to keep her head down this time, but Karima says that you have to act really tough in this town, or else, uh, people are just gonna stomp on you, which Wang elaborates that if you don't look like you can just kill somebody for any reason, you're likely to get challenged by somebody, because they see easy picking. Again, this is not at all concerning nor foreshadowing. <laughs> that challenges our thing here. Yeah. There's another yep. thing I want to touch on very briefly. This is so much nothing, but it's very funny to me. Uh, they When they land Pong Pong, they just sort of sit her there and then cover up with branches so no one can see her. <laughs> yeah, That's... yeah, like a little bit of like, eh, we got like a bush here, I guess. We, have, we can try to move in front of her. <laughs> it's fully like Team Rocket level camouflage. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, uh, why, is it, why is a little bit of the ground here look different? Uh, I guess that's fine, whatever. Oh no, it was a pitfall. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminds me of like Marty just like throwing a bunch of fucking branches over the Delorean hidden behind the sign. And it's <laughs> like, don't you feel like that's actually a little bit more uh, noticeable than if you were just hiding the car behind the sign itself, rather than just ripping a bunch of branches off of a tree to throw on top of it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, they head over to the town central bazaar with almost everybody armed to the teeth. Since it turns out the Flying Opera Company are a rarity among Daofei, as most of their kind are non-vendors and have to just use weapons to get anywhere in the world. Wow, Kyoshi lucked out, huh? <laughs> hmm? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's kind of funny how, like, uh, you know, like, Wong or Karima, I forget which one, is like, you should appreciate this better. <laughs> you should appreciate this more. We're a rarity. You get, you get a good deal with us. <laughs> yeah, uh... But they, at this point, see two men bumping each other, and despite Kyoshi's expectations they're ripping each other apart, they just basically apologize to each other and promise to buy each other tea and wine later on. And Lek clarifies that basically this is code for them arranging the fight on the challenging platform that evening, since in the world of crime, the only thing you really have is your name and your willingness to fight in defense of it. <laughs> basically, these men had no other options, since if I were them back down, they'd just never get brought on by anyone ever again for jobs. So it's like, well, I guess we're going to fight to the death here. One of us is at least going to have a decent time. Uh, one <laughs> of us is not. But, you, you know, you wouldn't be able to survive if you don't have jobs anyway, so I guess there's that. Uh, the Bazaar basically just specializes in food that lasts on the road, with rice being very expensive and veggies and fruit being brown, melted, and shriveled. So, very, very good and appealing. Yummy. <laughs> Yummy. Cream explains that the people and goods travel up unmarked pathways through the mountains that avoid the royal surveyors of Ba Sing Se, which also explains why Dalfe are basically almost impossible to fully wipe out since they just are sneaking around all the cops. To them. <laughs> And at this point, the group finally find out why the town is so crowded, and it's basically because there was a group gathered in the bazaar listening to a man with a moon peach blossom in his collar that the Dalfei members of their group are scared shitless at the sight of. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're like, oh, fuck, we should never, never come here. We gotta get out of here. Let's go. Let's, let's get the Pong Pong and leave. Uh, <laughs> they, they turn to get the hell out of this town, only to immediately run into a character that they call Uncle Mock. Mostly just referred to as Mach, but they have to call him Uncle because of reasons. And this guy also has that blossom in his lapel. <laughs> Lek quivers in fear as he explains why they're here, as it basically having been too long since they were in the presence of their brethren. Uh, you know, just kind of doing his best to lie. And Kariba introduces Kyoshi and Rangi to Mach, as they also note that Lauga has once again snuck off. <laughs> just basically being like, yep, goodbye. It's funny how Kiyoshi, like, thinks to herself being like, well, she doesn't think about, like, he's gone off to murder somebody. It's more just like, well, he might have just stuck off because you never have to call a guy younger than him uncle. <laughs> That's the only Honestly, I think Lauke just has ADHD. He wanders off at every opportunity. <laughs> he's like, ooh, I saw something shiny. Goodbye. Also, I'm going to murder. Well, he's got to go Google shiny. fish or something. <laughs> I have to learn everything about fish, Kiyoshi. Did you ever hear about? Uh, I'm trying to think of a specific fish now. I can't draw. I can't think of a fish in particular. <laughs> I mean, I didn't uh, start looking for fish. I was just going to Google this peach moon blossom thing, but then that led me to this specific worm, and then I found out about this fish that eats the worm, and it's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, you know, uh, Lauga just basically spends like three hours on TV tropes every once in a while, as one does. <laughs> you know, it happens to everybody. Uh, Mach, uh, says that he has business to discuss with them later at the challenge platform, and when he leaves, the rest of them head off to an inn to rent the room so they have a private place to go over what just happened. I, I keep usually using just the word the Daofei as part of their, like, group of, let's like, explaining, like, the characters that are not Kyoshi and Rangi. I, I don't, I, I have to mm. find, like, a different way of describing that because I don't want to keep saying, saying the Flying Opera Company people. <laughs> well, they are the Flying Opera Company. Yeah, but they also are Delphi, and it's a easier shorthand than saying the Flying Hopper Company people all the time. Well, on some level, but everybody here is Delphi. Uh, Even Kyoshi. Really. 
Rangi's not. She didn't. She didn't say the doves and stuff. Okay, so when you say Daofei, you mean literally everyone but Rangi. <laughs> yeah, but Kiyoshi's really not in it for that. She swore she's the oaths. She's in it. Yeah, I mean, she's in it because she wants to murder a guy, and that's it, really. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You swear the okay. oaths. If you break the oaths, you're torn apart by many knives. <laughs> okay, the the veteran members here. Uh, I'll say it that way. The veteran members explain that once Kiyoshi's parents died. Uh, their basin had just flown off and never returned, which, uh, just pointing out here, Kiyoshi finds it interesting that Pang Pang has stuck around for this long, because, uh, apparently the bison just fly off when their owner usually dies. So, I'm starting to think that Pang Pang is her avatar animal companion, even though, uh, bison isn't as much of a fit for an earthbender, uh, avatar, but that's what I'm calling here, if Pang Pang's still stuck around and hasn't left. Yeah, you know, it's a little strange in that, um... Kyoshi isn't really associated with an animal, you know? She doesn't have a companion in the way a lot of yeah. other avatars do. But like the episode Pong where they definitely go to Kyoshi. did choose her. <laughs> yeah, like the episode where they go to Kyoshi Island, they talk about like how it's like, oh, she had her makeup and the battle armor and the fans, but it's like they never mentioned what her animal was. Yeah. Because like all of them do have an animal, which is like, I guess we haven't heard what Kuroks is, if he had one. Yeah, I don't think we ever know that. Yeah, it's it's just interesting how sometimes we hear about it in detail and not, because it's like, well, Roku had a fucking dragon, and that's kind of sick. Yeah, but other times enough. it's like, yeah, but other times it's like, oh, what, what did Kuro have? Eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that guy died like 16 years after he found out he was Avatar anyway. <laughs> Maybe he just didn't have time. I mean, Young Chen had three, so. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, because she had two lemurs and a bison. Oh. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, at a certain point, like, the bison might not even necessarily be the animal companion, in a sense, just because, like, every airbender has one. Like, I know uh, it was for... I, I mean, it I, definitely I, I, is for Yongchen, because okay. Cause, like, I know it was apparently for... psychic, so... <laughs> oh, okay. Because, like, I know it was for Aang, because, like, Appa definitely seemed like he's, like, a little smarter than other bison we've seen, but mm -hmm. also, like... I mean, that's just how it is with uh, Appa in particular, because like, for the longest time, he was the only Sky Bison we ever saw anyway. <laughs> like, not literally no. psychic, I guess, but yeah. one, one of the things it mentions is that every time Young Chen wants to blackmail a new person into joining her spy ring of bisexual people, she takes them to the Bison, and the Bison knows instinctively if this is a plant someone trying <laughs> to get to her. So, like, she always trusts uh, her Bison's instincts, so... <laughs> Bison, please read their mind and tell me what their soul looks like. Yeah, is this a spy or is this someone cool? The, the bison just does the fucking gladiator, like, thumbs up, thumbs down thing. <laughs> like, thumbs down. It's like Yankin Yank just being like, well, guess I gotta murder this person now. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's a bit goofy. But yeah. Uh, getting back to it, uh, aside from that little aside with the animal stuff. Uh, with Kiyoshi's parents out of the way, basically, uh, the veteran members were just stuck in the wrong sort of town with debts to the wrong people, and they basically had turned to the Autumn Bloom Society, who are these people with the moon peach blossom in, on them, in order to get some favors and some cash. Uh, I started reading them as simply the abs. I don't think these guys have abs, for the most part, <laughs> especially people like Mach. Uh, but yeah, the ABS were basically just a small operation, but began grabbing power once the yellow necks were wiped out. I totally forgot the yellow necks were a thing. That still sounds racist. Uh, and basically, 
It seems like Mike has big plans since uh, Rangi deduces that the gathering from earlier was clearly some sort of recruitment campaign to just have bodies to throw at the problem. And yeah, they basically have no other option here but to join that plan since otherwise their names would be less than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> they refused the summons from their elders because basically that's what the whole agreement was give us money and help us out on this stuff and we'll defer to you as our leaders in a sense also you know Mach would totally kill them too but no you know don't worry about that no biggie <laughs> uh lex basically depressed because uh they lost their independence basically he blames it on himself because he had been stung by a buzzard wasp and they had no other way of getting him treatment since they had no money but Karima assures him that Jessa and Hark would have done the same decision if they were still around for him. Which this, of course, sets off Kiyoshi, since she was left to fend for herself during times of, like, fever and stuff. And also, mm. she's like, oh, my asshole parents would do anything for their gang, but not their daughter. I mean, it's so, <laughs> so, so nice of them. <laughs> Isn't it just? <sighs> oh, huh. Yeah, yeah you, just, you just told me what the animal is, and I'm like, huh, I'm actually surprised. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very weird. It's so I guess I'll just say it. Um, Kyoshi's mm -hmm. official animal companion is a fox, which, again, not a hybrid animal. Where did it come from? Yeah, but also doesn't actually show up in the book. So I get like this must be some extraneous third-party source that I've never heard of, but that is what I am finding online. <laughs> yeah, weird. Maybe they just said that in, like, like if there was, like, a, like, AMA for, like, the Avatar creators or something like that, being like, what was Kiyoshi's animal? <laughs> like, it's the fox. Uh-huh, yeah. Fox it, badger? It, fox eagle? No, see, what it is, it's it's a fox, but it's voiced by Brennan Lee Mulligan. <laughs> well, it's we should all be fox. so lucky. Yeah, you know, you know it, just a cool dog. Because <laughs> what is a fox but a cool dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Brendan just has so much fun playing the fox. <laughs> he, he's such a little shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, getting back to it. Uh, Kiyoshi bluntly tells the Flying Opera Company that their choices had consequences and all oh, so sad for them. How terrible for you. Uh, and also, she's the one who should be complaining since so she now basically is getting roped into their crap. <laughs> uh, but basically, they just have to do whatever Mach wants them to do and then they can move on to do what they're actually here to begin with. Which is getting her what she wants, basically. Yep. If I may interrupt again, mm -hmm. you may recall that during our first episode of this series, way back when, I messed up the intro by referring to the August Flying Company. Uh, this is what I got it mixed up with, because these guys are uh, the Autumn Bloom Society. Right. And I got Autumn August, and then I just mixed both right. of their names together. So yeah, that's, that's what happened them. there, is because I hadn't read ahead far enough. Makes sense. Yeah, sorry, but now you know. Yay, knowing it's at the battle. Uh, yeah. Uh, the rest of the group basically agrees that she has a point, but she doesn't have to be so mean about it, because she's Kyoshi. Uh, and then Rangi sends him out of the room so that she can talk to Kyoshi alone, because, again, it's like, well, you, you, we, gotta, we gotta talk again about this stuff. <laughs> uh, she basically just has to ask if Kyoshi knows what it must be like for her to watch her sink lower and lower into this garbage. Since she's supposed to be making the world a better place for humanity and spirits and not helping criminals get out of debts. 
And she's frustrated because Kiyoshi should be learning how to seek guidance from her past lives, like Lang Yang Chen. Very huh. convenient that very convenient that you're skipping over Kuruk, I see, Rangi. Right? Do you just also agree he's a dipshit? <laughs> or was a dipshit? And it's like, yeah, you don't want that guy's advice. You want you want Yang Chen instead. <laughs> okay, but not to divert again, but the thing is is that in the Yang Chen book, she is like haunted by previous avatars so i wouldn't say that she learns from them so much as sometimes she has a panic attack and then gets stuck as a previous avatar for a while <laughs> because when i say haunted i don't mean that they're like hanging over her shoulder talking to her i mean she like mentally takes on their memories and personalities and can't stop oh fun so it's so, not like, there are moments so where there was one avatar who had claustrophobia and so sometimes mm -hmm. she just becomes that person and has claustrophobia and <laughs> Oh boy! Yep. So it's not so it's not like how Roku just hangs around at times, just talking to uh, to Ang and giving him advice. It's no, like, it's way like more that... inconvenient than that. It's like that one time when he kind of does possess Ang to like firebend that the fire like nation guys and everything to get them out, but that's it. <laughs> Most of yeah. the time he's just like, yeah, I'm here to give you advice on stuff because you're a kid and I'm like an 80 year old man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like the time that Ang specifically channeled Kyoshi to testify about that 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 warlord guy and she took over his body it's that but it's that like all the time and not at will <laughs> yeah that that was kiyoshi choosing to come out in the foreground and be like yeah i killed that fucker what of it <laughs> yeah uh -huh. i'd do it again <laughs> and just being like hmm well you didn't really help my uh defense zero kiyoshi thanks <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks lady uh <laughs> Kyoshi doesn't care. She's dead at that point, so she's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, uh, when we yeah. get this kid in trouble, it'll make him tougher. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, you know, worst case scenario, we get a waterbender next. Uh, you know, whatever, <laughs> deal with it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you can run away and become a pirate like I did. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, Rangi also says that basically seeing Kyoshi stuck in a place like this kills her, since she's supposed to have the best accommodations possible. <laughs> You know, not having to be in this shitty place. And Kiyoshi admits that she does feel her heart drop, but she basically says that the world and uh, Rangi can wait a little bit longer for the Avatar. They already got along this long, in a sense, without one. Eh. But Rangi basically just coldly retorts, saying that she is just her bodyguard and she has to do what she says. And I'm just like, well, you, the two of you just hug it out and kiss and get it over with and figure it out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they will later, but still, <laughs> just do it now. <laughs> I feel <Yeah>. better. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like how bought in Rangi is on the the holy sanctity of the this is how things must be done thing. Yeah, like, it's, I get it's kinda... the avatar is important, but Rangi is just so militant about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like nope. This is the way it always goes, so it has to be this way. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have room to improvise, and that bothers me. Yeah. Like, it's like, nope, this is the way it's always been, this is the way it has to be. No no deviation from the norm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we got to later that evening, and they all head to the big barn in town where the fight club is being held, and Karima refers to the bouts as Leitai. It's... I don't, I don't remember us ever hearing about Leitai in the main show, but also this is, like, way more brutal than, like, Agni Kai even is, so I yeah. feel like this is just something made up for the, the sake of this book. Yeah, this is... Uh, yeah. But they basically see one of the pandas get kicked in the liver, fall, and proceed to get punched in the head repeatedly, as Wong says that Leitai matches are over when the winner says so. 
you know, even if the guy is, like, clearly down, it's like, well, if the winner wants to kill them, the winner's gonna kill them. So, you just gotta deal with it. It's, I mean, it's MMA, but with killing. That's all it is. Yeah, well, the killing is, like, an optional thing, in a sense. It's, it depends on the winner. <laughs> whether they want to do that or not. But it's like, yeah, but it seems like usually it ends up with killing. But they go and head to the balcony, aka, AKA Converted Hayloft, where Mock and uh, the guy from earlier who was recruiting randos, whose name is Y, or Way? I, I forget. I think it's Way. W-A-I. I think, I think that would be pronounced Way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're up there watching the matches, so they go and join them there. Mock isn't too happy that Kiyoshi didn't seem to be into the bloody sport going on. Basically, because earlier she turned away when she kept hearing, like, the guy just punched the guy in the head repeatedly and felt like she was going to puke on her feet. <laughs> and Lek jumps to her defense about how she wiped out those cops in Gabinoli Bay, so, like, she's tough when it counts, uh, but he gets cut on the palm by way after speaking out of turn, because, like, well, you're not, you're not, you're not the one being addressed here, so you get punished. Uh, Kiyoshi, yeah, fun. <laughs> Kiyoshi forces herself to watch, like, suffering, unlike how she, you know, turned away from the match earlier, since she knows that Mach is testing her. And she also, at this point, adds Mach and Wei to her list of shitty guys to kill. <laughs> because <laughs> it could, could not help but just think of Arya Stark and her whole list of, like, you know, Joffrey, the Queen, blah blah blah, all these people I want to kill, and to be all, it's like, I don't think she kills anybody, really. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned a couple times you wonder how Kyoshi went from this goofball to a murder machine. Well, she's yeah. already got a hit list, I mean. <laughs> yeah, true. But to be fair, her hit list up till now was just one guy. Just like just because she's also now adding the mob to it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Like it's not again, it's well, not, not the whole mob, the... just this one guy. Well, these two guys. But well, still. yeah. It, it's not to the same extent of, like, how Arya Stark's list is literally, like, a dozen people at one point, because she's like, this person wronged me slightly. This person took my sword for a bit. Fuck him, I guess. <laughs> it's like, I think she kills, actually, the guy that took her sword at one point, but it's like, yeah, no, nobody else really. <laughs> it's like, oh, th this guy's kind of a shit. I guess I'll let him there. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, if I see him, it's on site, but maybe, maybe not. <laughs> it's like, she, she, her list just keeps getting larger, and again, she barely kills anybody on it at all. To be fair, most of those people die anyway, because they're assholes and dumbasses. <laughs> but it's like, Kiyoshi's at least is just like, yep, uh, the guy that killed my two friends I gotta get, and also these guys because they suck. <laughs> and that's it so far. Well, I don't know. There's plenty of time. We're only just barely halfway through the book. Maybe she's got ten more guys to kill. True. Well, I guess time will tell. <laughs> but yeah, but uh... You know, what's important here is that her stoic response to seeing Lek bleed out uh, pieces mock for now. But what really placates Mach more is that uh, he sees that Rangi's a quick learner because she entered the ring to challenge the champ, since anybody here can issue a challenge. Uh, Rangi, at this point, starts to remove her armor as Kiyoshi has to basically uh, be given a hard look by Wang and Karima to not interfere because she's freaking the fuck out. <laughs> and after the champion establishes that there's to be no firebending in their match, uh, basically Rangi immediately starts off by trying to kick the guy's knee as he approaches, just like basically just starting things off immediately, being like, "Oh, you're approaching me? Well, blap." <laughs> like, very. I can't remember the full quote from uh, JoJo's at this point. Mm -hmm. Of like, "Oh, well, I need to get closer to approach you, or whatever the fuck it is." <laughs> I need but to get like closer everything... if I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, that. Of, like, the guy basically just putting his weight on his knee and she immediately tries to kick out his knee. 
Well, it's like, it, it's episodes where it's like, well, he couldn't really, like, start things off because, like, she's, like, way younger than him, so it's like, it wouldn't be, like, that much honorable thing if he actually started. Mm -hmm. So she has to start shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she basically just easily dodges this guy's blows till she bumps him in the armpit, timed with him, like, basically retracting his arm to send him flying backwards towards the end of the platform. Uh, Maggie opts to not push him over, which just pisses him off after he barely stays on. But also, at this point, he decides to just, like, do a wild punch that anybody could easily dodge, even Kyoshi's she's like, yeah, I, I suck at fighting, and I could easily dodge that. <laughs> but Rangi instead chooses to look Kyoshi square in the eye, and not do anything to get out of the way, so she gets punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, of course, again, my brain goes to, she's definitely ragdoll, just like, uh, the, P the Peter Griffin dead meme. <laughs> just right <laughs> on the ground. Just flat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, she's basically just, like, falls right to the floor. Uh, as, like, basically the cha the crowd's, you know, like, cheers and everything for the champion as Kiyoshi screams and nobody hears her because of the cheering. But as the guy basically approaches to go and, like, just beat the crap out of her, she spins out from under him to wrap herself kind of around his leg and just snaps it in so many places. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to find how it's described with what this guy's leg is like after that. I need to see if I can get there really quick. Uh, His limb shattered yeah. along every plane it could. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it's like I was mostly thinking of, like, the description of it. Ah, his leg reduced to an understuffed stocking attached to his body. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's like, that's a fucking gnarly way to describe a broken leg. <laughs> Isn't it? Like, ugh. Yeah. This guy's just got a weird... <laughs> Breaking in every plane you possibly can, that's really mm -hmm. bad. That's a powder. Yeah. That's that's not a bone anymore. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, this guy has a sausage with like bone shards left in it attached to his body. <laughs> that's not a leg anymore. Yeah. Uh she gathers up her armor as Mark starts the applause, which signals to the to the audience that they have permission to also tear and everything. Uh and Rangi joins him in the Hayloft, referred just basically saying that it seemed like a fun idea. <laughs> no other reason. <laughs> Kiyoshi knows she's full of shit. I, I, I find it really funny that they do so much to avoid saying the word shit. <laughs> we someone to say PG in that regard, I guess, here. <laughs> uh, but she basically says shit. And she says that she wants to punch Rangi so hard that she basically goes ass over tea kettle all the way back to, uh, all the way back to the fucking Yokoya. I was trying to remember the name of the town. <laughs> uh, but Mok just laughs and invites him to have dinner with him as he starts to go over their plans. <laughs> chapter's long enough, I'm gonna basically make the plan pretty short here. Uh, he wants to bust out a guy from the estate of Governor Tay. Uh, God, I forgot this guy's fucking last name. Uh, si Hong, I think is that? Si Hong? Mm -hmm. Si Hong? Yeah. They usually just call him Governor Tay, so that's what I'm gonna call him. Uh, whoever sees the Eastern Providences. Tay's basically had this guy of theirs locked up for eight years since his family had inherited, like, an old mansion some years ago, like, eight years ago. That has like a full-on courthouse and jail, and this guy basically just likes to like keep prisoners rather than just you know behead them because he like started to like get into the whole like oh it's more it's way more sophisticated to keep people in jail as opposed to just murder them because I have a jailhouse I guess. <laughs> uh, the jailbreak will basically happen in a month, and this will cash out everybody's debts to the Autumn Bloom Society. So it's like yep, do this one thing, and you're all clear. And it's basically taking them this long to grow, strong enough to even attempt this whole thing. Like, it's like, the only reason this guy's been in jail for this long is like, we just literally did not have the strength to do this yet. 
In the original plan was to basically have the Flying Opera Company uh, join the massive bodies at the gates, but Mach reconsidered and now wants them to approach from a more stealthy route, since it'd be a waste to toss by Benders at a bunch of swords, because that's just gonna get him killed. <laughs> Mach gets pissed when Rangi asks they have, like, delay out of his estate, staff schedules, and the inside people or anything, which gives away the fact that he is just a shitty mob boss who has no decent intelligence or tactics and only resorts to threats of and acts of violence to get his way. Yeah, I mean, his plan is to throw a bunch of people at the front gates yep. of a fortified uh -huh. building. <laughs> yeah, it's a real Zap Brannigan approach. It's like, you, you know, just send wave of the wave of your own men at them until they reach their pre-programmed killing uh, allotment, and then they shut down. <laughs> it's basically just his <laughs> entire plan here. But yeah, uh, basically it's on them to use this month to prepare, but not act until the main force arrives. So it's like, you can get there early and, like, blend in or whatever if you want, up to you. But don't do anything until we're there. Yeah, yeah. that's basically just uh, trying to surmise that whole thing. It, it, we have long chapters, and I still have like uh, almost a whole page of my description to go with. Oh yeah, there's there's a good yeah. bit more to come. Oh yeah. Uh, they all head outside and agree to leave this terrible town tomorrow, with Wong going to drink himself stupid until then. It's like, he basically is like, yeah, if you, if you meet me, don't pretend you know me. <laughs> Especially if you challenge me or I challenge you, just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> uh, Kyoshi thanks Alec for coming to her aid, and he admits that he had no reason not to, so I guess Alec has really already warmed up to her, even though he's like, you suck, you don't like your parents, fuck you. <laughs> I guess he's having second thoughts about that with like being like, well, I guess she's kind of a sister now, so I probably should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Karima says that she had. I, I keep feeling like I keep pronouncing Karima's name wrong, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm just saying it too fast. But yeah, she has to take a look at Lex's hand, despite not being very good at the healing aspect of water bending. Rangi tells her, "Don't worry about me. I don't need it. My face, is, my face is fine. Whatever." Listen, I get punched in the face all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, Rangi has to be punched in the face so many times at this point. She's in the military. She's got to get used to this at some point. It's part of bodyguard training. You learn to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, you know, as one does. But yeah, she starts to just walk off, you know, just towards the lake and all. And Karima tells her that even though Rangi is the safest person in town after what she just did, at the, you know, being the shit out of the champion and all, Kyoshi should still probably go after her, and, like, Karima has a, like, knowing look of, like, yeah, I, I understand that y'all are gay. <laughs> you should probably go talk to her. Uh, yeah, Kyoshi takes after her, and when questioned about it, like, the whole ordeal, Rangi admits that what she did was a very stupid risk, but she did exactly as Kyoshi's been acting as of late. Uh, also, she admits that she actually blacked out when she got punched, and <laughs> just by chance she woke up quickly, and really just would have died if she hadn't. <laughs> so it's like, well, you know, it's really stupid, but at least it worked out. Uh, and she then says that the feeling of helplessness that Kiyoshi experienced watching her unconscious on the platform is exactly the same that she feels every minute since they left Yokoya, just watching Kiyoshi fumble about, <laughs> trying to figure it out. Uh, and basically she got on that platform and put her life in the hands of random chance to get Kiyoshi to see it from her perspective, since she had no other idea how to get through to her, because again, these two don't want to talk and hug it out, and also kiss it out. <laughs> At least not yet. Uh, yeah. She basically, uh, begs her to tell her why it is that she has to kill Janju so badly, to which Kiyoshi starts to admit that it, uh, it's basically so that she doesn't have to fear him anymore, and she doesn't know any other way to make that fear go away. So it's like, well, at least Kiyoshi's actually admitting to something here. There's She's that. at least not 
Yeah, she's not trying to just bottle up being like, he has to pay. It's like, her have to... Her, she basically admits it's like, because I'm fucking terrified, okay? And the only way to make the, me not terrify this guy is to fucking murder his ass. <laughs> but yeah. also, he killed our boyfriend is a pretty good reason. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, yeah, Rangi tells her not to worry about... Not to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Rangi uh, tells her that none of this should have gone this way, and when Kiyoshi starts to say that Yun would have been a much better avatar... Rangi just tells her to forget about you and then forget about being the Avatar since it's not supposed to be this way for Kiyoshi on like a fundamental level. <laughs> Rangi says that Kiyoshi does deserve peace and happiness and good things in contrast to how Kiyoshi always feels like she has to be miserable and punished for her very existence. Uh, she basically views her whole like empty vessel of revenge in this, as being like such a sharp contrast to how she always knew her as a meek servant girl who couldn't move a pebble. So like Rangi's just like, who the fuck are you at this point? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Rangi then says that she couldn't bear to lose Kiyoshi, at which point I, uh, at work basically just started chanting kiss, 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 gay, gay, gay in my head. Because <laughs> I was listening to all you back at work a few days ago when I got to this part, I'm like, come on, just do it. Be gay. Do crimes and be gay. <laughs> but also not being able to say that at work because uh, people would wonder what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kiyoshi realizes that Rangi was really not a true believer in the Avatar, but in her friends. And she, at this point, it's described as, like, she pulls in, like, Rangi closer, I'm, like, but it's described in a way that it has to be for a hug. Like, it's, like, because she puts her face in Rangi's hair and stuff. Yeah. It has to be a hug. Uh, Rangi wishes that she could give her wise teachers, armies to defend her, and a palace to live in, which amuses Kyoshi, because she's like, well, the Avatar gets a palace? I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, apparently that's actually not just standard issue for an Avatar. No, it's not. No. I ain't sure it doesn't get a palace. Cora kind of gets stuck in, like, an encampment, but that's not, like, a palace. That's just a bunch of places. That's a place with walls. I guess Roku had. Yeah, Roku kind of had, like, a, at least a decent estate. But also, like, he... <clears throat> to be... <coughs> Ugh. Yeah, God, I don't know what that was. To be fair, like, Roku also lived to be, like, 80-something. So, like, he, he had an established place at that point. <laughs> He lived long enough to have a savings account. A true priority <laughs> for an avatar. Yeah, Roku had the savings account, but our fucking speaker of the house here doesn't, ah. according to him. Yeah, topical. Uh, yeah. Kiyoshi basically says that she doesn't need the palace or army since she has Rangi. Rangi kind of just like jokingly scouts with this being like, oh, what a, what a great use I've been. If I was better at my job, you would feel safe and loved. And then Kiyoshi cannot help but move Rangi's chin up, says that she does feel loved. Uh, does feel loved, and then kisses her, which made me go, yay! <laughs> well, that doesn't work. Uh, this part kind of confuses me here, because it's, like, described as, like, Rangi, like, kind of instinctively pushing her away, which makes Yoshi think she did everything wrong and just fucked everything up. Mm -hmm. But it's basically just put as, like, oh, it's because Rangi actually just wants her to kiss her on the other side of her face that isn't all busted up, but it's, yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, it's very, like... So Kiyoshi goes in for the kiss, and Rangi flinches, like, mm -hmm. pulls back and pushes her away, and yeah, it's because Kiyoshi just kissed her in the side of her face where she got punched earlier. She's all oh, messed okay. up. Oh, uh, okay. Right, I guess I guess when you think of it like that, it's because, like, maybe it's actually causing her a little bit of pain because that part is all swollen up. Yeah, uh-huh. So maybe that's why. Okay. I, I just, like, really confused by, like, the whole, like, oh, she pushed me away, and I'll fuck, I fucked it up, and then she just, like, is kind of just, like, crouching there, just being like, eh, no, it's just because, like, just kiss me on the other on the other side. So, like, it was well, just, like, that little... specifically, she does something way sexier. It's, like, unbelievable. Um... 
She caught her breath and retook Kiyoshi by the hips, turning to her side, offering up the smooth, unblemished yeah, skin yeah. of her throat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, way more gay. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't do that lip stuff. We're doing vampire play now. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I just could not help but like think of like the old joke uh, from uh, questionable content of like, and then they all fucked. <laughs> like the birds are screaming that. <laughs> uh. I don't think that's been in like any questionable content comic for a long time, but that was a thing that he did occasionally as a goof. <laughs> there is. Yeah. I do want to before we skip over it too much. There's a moment here between. When Kiyoshi is having her panic attack because Rangi pushed her away, uh, she wanted to shrink until she vanished within the cracks of the earth. She wanted to become dust and blow away in the wind. Mm-hmm. But the sound of laughter pulled her back. Rangi was coughing, drowning herself with her own tears and mirth. And I think this is the first time we have ever seen Rangi happy. Like, yeah. she's, she doesn't crack like this, but she is... It is so funny to her that Kiyoshi didn't think about the fact that she was already injured. <laughs> yeah, like, Rangi's usually the whole thing is just, like, kind of just, like, standing there with, like, her arms crossed over her chest, just being like, I'm here to just be the bodyguard, yeah. kind of deal. Or, you know, occasionally, like, crying in her sleep because of, like, the fact her mom is an assassin. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't worry about that part, though. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is. Her mom doesn't love her. Um. <laughs> Yay! But, yeah. No, we got there. We got the gay stuff. Yeah. It's sooner, sooner than I would have thought, because like you say, we're like halfway through the book, and it's like, well, this was something I was expecting more in like the later parts, but maybe it's because I'm just like trained in that being like what most media does, of like, oh, they they can only do the gay stuff in the very end. Like how Korra didn't get to do that until the very last scene and not even be completely overt about it. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but no, this ain't that kind of book. Yep. If we're doing the thing, we're doing the thing. Uh, I mean, it's been, like, very much, like, yep, Kiyoshi's bicycle is, like, the start. <laughs> so it's, oh, like, yeah. it was just, yeah, it was just, like, a matter of time of, like, okay, how long until she embraces being gay? <laughs> yeah, we were fully in polycule mode from the beginning. I just, like, yeah, I would have yeah, expected was... the book to make us wait longer to get the actual, like, admission, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just a case again, like of like, okay, how long until she's like actually stops just like looking at Rangi, just being like, God, I'm so gay, and actually acts upon that. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So I think that will take us to our questions portion of the assignment. So mm-hmm. if yeah. you have questions Wait, for us, when did this become an assignment? We don't do this for homework. <laughs> I mean, it is effectively homework. It's work we do. You're reading a book. We're doing a book report. Yeah, but we're not getting graded on it. Says who? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm now imagining I... you, like, presenting the podcast to, like, one of your old college teachers being like, so what would you give me on this grade between me and my friends? <laughs> who gets the better grade? Is it me or them? <laughs> at least at least you're making a note of it. But yeah, uh, no, I would assume that you're not uh, getting this graded by anybody. <laughs> I mean, who's to say I'm not doing it myself? I'm a librarian. <laughs> it. I feel like it's like being a little bit too generous if you're like rating your own work, though. <laughs> like, oh, I would give myself an A for this, so I guess I get an A. <laughs> oh, you clearly haven't taken many liberal arts classes. <laughs> no, no, I have not. <laughs> All right. Um. So questions. Uh, if you would like to send us questions, you can find us at us weirdos cast on Blue Sky and at us weirdos on Cohost. 
there was some talk about maybe abandoning the Twitter. I don't know if I, we're going to follow I, through on that. But... I kind of have, to be honest. I haven't deleted it, but I have not posted anything there for like the last week. Yeah, fair enough. I don't like leaving the platform behind because it is still pretty important in terms of reach, but also ever since we had our account nuked, we've only got like four or five people following us, and they are also following us elsewhere, so... Yeah, so it's like, well, fucking cares. I feel better about not fucking engaging with that site with the way it's going. Yeah, I don't know. I get it, but this is the cost of needing to have a social media presence. <laughs> yep. Well, hey, at least we're on... We're, well, we'll get to that later, but at least we're elsewhere. <laughs> we are indeed elsewhere, as described a moment ago. Um, oh, I think I missed that. <laughs> yeah, I always open the question segment by telling people where they can find us. <laughs> oh, but then we shall, like, the sites anyway later on. <laughs> we shall our sites later. I guess. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, so this week we have a question from M. Healy at M. of Healy at bluesky.social. Um, I still hate would... the fucking blue sky handles. <laughs> I hate the dot blue sky dot social thing. It's so convoluted. <laughs> it is, it is. Uh, M. asks, what would you do to pay off a debt to perfectly reasonable, legitimate business people? Which, uh, I mean, if they're reasonable, legitimate business people, I suppose I'd get a job and pay it off over the course of 20 years. <laughs> I mean, that's student loans, really, when you get down to it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Which, in a sense, are not really legitimate themselves, because fuck student loans. Yeah, Everybody yeah, yeah. In education. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I got my student loans paid off really fast, but that is largely because I was living at home with my parents and not paying rent. Yeah. So I was able to pay, like, double or triple the monthly payment, which means I wasn't gaining interest the way other people were, so... Yeah, like, you at least got out of that quickly. <laughs> yeah, I think I had my loans paid off in four or five years after I... Mm -hmm. Something like that. And... Just trying to think of how to like, I don't know. I, I'm really trying to think of an answer to this question that's not just like, I guess, resort to lots of illegal shit. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, five hundred dollars to touch my boobs, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but no, just with, with still clothes on, I guess. <laughs> Like, well, if you want to touch a boob, you got to pay this much, but you don't get anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. OnlyFans might work. Yeah, you know, it's just like part of that is just like like some amount of dysphoria in terms of people seeing other parts. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I guess, I guess when it comes down to it, I'd rather, I'd rather show the boobs fully than the other parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the same time, it's like, yeah, I wouldn't really want to just like. There's been times where it's like I've entertained, like just basically being like titties on Twitter because fuck it. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to deal with any of the fucking nonsense on Twitter of people trying to find me on there. Um, sure, I suppose. I don't know. I certainly never had any repercussions from posting mine on Twitter. Yeah, I know. I, I, I just, I would just immediately think of like, once it's on there, it's never gonna be scrubbed from the internet kind of thing, and it's like somebody's gonna look up, like Google me at some point and find my boobs, and it's like, well, that there goes the job or whatever. <laughs> eh, I guess. I don't know. 
It's fine. Also, bodies are bodies. To, to be, I don't care. To be to be fair, there's also there's so many fucking transphobes on Twitter, and it's like even if I'm not on there, I don't want to deal with people spreading them around. <laughs> Listen, I have nice titties. I spent a lot of work on these titties, and I want people <laughs> to see them. <laughs> I mean, so have I. It, it, I just appreciate them in my own time. <laughs> I mean, I, I said on Blue's Guy that because it's uh, my transversary month, people have to be nice to me and compliment my boobs that people have not seen, but you still be complimenting my boobs by saying they're, they're not boobs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I truly do not know how I came by this attitude, but... Frankly, I don't think I would be shamed to go out in public completely nude. I, I just do not care, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've never been like that, but also it's like, well, it's Easter own, really. I'm not going to, because, like, societal I, whatever, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially in Texas, that would definitely get you on so many <laughs> uh, watch lists. Eh, I don't think so. I'm just thrown in jail. Um, maybe at best, yeah, but still. <laughs> but, yes, oh. um, I don't know. I have considered the idea of an OnlyFans in the past, but my main issue with it is that I just don't feel like I'm magnetic enough to be a video performer. I do alright mm. over audio, but I think my uh, acting skills are such that folks would get pretty bored with me quickly. <laughs> yeah, video is definitely a different thing, because it's like, I mean, I used to remember, like, watching, like, old Giant Bomb videos being like, how come they're bad at the game while they're talking? And it turns out when you had to do that yourself, especially when you were talking to just yourself, slash, I guess, an audience listening to it later on, <laughs> you kind of get a little distracted. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> as, as I've uh, experienced myself firsthand a lot. <laughs> For <laughs> you know, sure. With doing the Let's Play stuff. <laughs> but there's also a level, I think, with, with doing something like an OnlyFans that's... You you have to be able to maintain audience interest, right? Yeah. And when the only thing you have to sell is your body, then you're also depending a lot on your ability to act in a way that people enjoy. And while I feel like yeah. I'm pretty okay at voice acting, I don't think I could follow through with my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very stoic person, and I don't think that I could act convincingly otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like again, like one of those things where like relate that back to how I was like earlier being like how when my friends told me to actually like look for a person to like do a whole like cleansing seance thing with me because of my bad luck from 2023, me being like I'm just like too serious of a person that I feel like I would just not be going along with that stuff. It's like I had an, I had enough difficulty with like having to like actually like properly bow when I lived in Japan because people don't shake hands there. Even though I knew that was the culture, I'm just like, I'm just not used to this, and also I feel like I'm leaving myself vulnerable to like somebody like grabbing me and pushing me to the ground if I bend over enough with that. But that's also mm -hmm. just me being me. But it's like, yeah, like, I, I, I guess it's also just because, again, like, we're not used to having to do that when being introduced to people here in America, so like, part of me was just like, uh, why, why can't we just shake hands or something? <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I mean, obviously, I've never been in that situation, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm not uh, trying to disparage the culture. I'm just not used to bowing. <laughs> <sighs> to be fair. To be fair, I'm also not used to shaking hands, because shaking hands sucks. 
Yeah, don't touch people. Yeah, just just raise a hand at me and acknowledge and be like, hello, that's all. That's all I need. Don't touch my hands. You get Especially nowadays with the pandemic and all. <laughs> right. Um, but yes, so ultimately the answer is, what would we do to pay back legitimate businessmen? Porn. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the very, uh, various degrees, I think. <laughs> Not just straight up porn. <laughs> hey, listen, you are offering people to touch the boobs. That is way more than just... I guess, <laughs> I guess, but it's like, well, the, the, the shirt and bra would still be on, so... Oh, well, it's you like... didn't mention that part, okay. No, I did, I did, I mentioned that it'd still be closed. <laughs> no, it's like you get the touch of the boob, you don't get to see the boob. <laughs> All right. Um. So we are also going to do one Frakes takes for today. Um. I don't even know how to talk about this one. I, I feel like that's has been the majority of these is the thing. <laughs> well, I don't think that's true. Like some of them have been pretty straightforward answers, and some of them have been yeah. I mean, a little like confusing. some of them, have, some of them have just been like, "Do you have a pet?" While others have been like, "Do you ever like dance with the devil in the pale blue moonlight or whatever the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, but I love that one. I love dancing in the with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> now maybe I should have been doing that. Maybe that would have lifted the curse that's been on me for all this year. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta get your witch power somewhere, right? Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, I mean, if it, like, if, if it was a case of, like, if I find an actual, like, practicing witch, it's like, well, can I also learn magic from you, please? Can I can I learn how to do fireballs and stuff? Do I get an animal companion that turns into a staff? If yes, sign me up. <laughs> I mean, I can work with you on some stuff, but, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've, magic ain't like that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, it's like, I mean, to be fair, I already have plenty of the flapjack and string beans, so I guess I do technically have those, even though they don't turn into staffs. <laughs> If I really want that companion, I guess I could just get ferrets again. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, pants, I guess, should be shipping pretty soon, huh? It's November. Ooh, oh yeah, pants. yeah, yeah. I didn't wear okay. the pants. They were they were just it, that was honestly too pricey for pants. But I also get that the guy hates having to make clothes, so it's like, well, it's also offsetting that annoyance. <laughs> it's like forty dollars yeah, for just one pair of pants is too much, though. <laughs> I get pa I get Titan uh, parent pants and all, yeah, but again, forty dollars for pants. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So anyway, our Frakes take that I don't know how to discuss today. What mysteries lie within the frame of a portrait? <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at my like uh, uh, fan art I bought of like the groups of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, and it's like, well, I mean, I guess they look hard as a lot of secrets. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing, right? Like, so if it were something abstract about the value of art or whatever, sure. Yeah. But what secrets lie within the frame of a portrait? A frame is just a little wood thing that you put around your picture so it doesn't die. Yeah, and so you can hang it. <laughs> the, the, the secret is not letting your pictures die. I don't... <laughs> the, the secret is Dimitri has a lot of trauma that he doesn't want to process unless you play the most boring route of Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is the route where you maintain the status quo. <laughs> the only thing I can assume is that somehow something got tucked into a portrait frame and it was... The, the unsolved mystery for the episode, but I don't... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think we have literally no answer to this because it's such a nothing question. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it really does not. Do you want to do a different one instead? 
I, I know guess I could do I know a that, different one, but we only I know, have three left. Yeah, I know that's hastening the inevitable. Yeah, but it's like, your, your call if you want to just pull a different one that we could actually maybe answer. Uh, yeah, alright, sure. Let's do another one. Um, hmm, let's see what we've got left. Is one of these better? I don't normally choose which one I'm going to do. I just go in order, but right now I'm trying to make sure I get one that's not just nonsense again. Um, is there a more important job than that of a teacher? Uh, yes and no, I guess? Because it's like, yes, it's important to actually, like, pass on your knowledge to other people, but at the same time, like, you know, there are other jobs that it's like, if this job doesn't get done, society literally collapses. <laughs> well, like, yeah, you know. but I don't know. Those jobs don't exist without teachers in the first place. I suppose, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I guess... feel like teaching is basically the most important cornerstone of our society as it exists today. And we or don't at pay least them nearly it should enough. be. Yeah. <laughs> because nothing works. Absolutely nothing works without solid, real education. You think I could make an electric generator? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> but someone could, and they taught someone else to do it, and that matters. <laughs> like, even even at any job you start, it's like, well, I mean, technically, the person training you how to do the job is teaching you how to do that. So, in a sense, they're a teacher, even if they're not, like, if even if their profession isn't literally a teacher. Frankly, I feel like if we had installed some media literacy courses in schools 15 years ago, we would be in a much better place in the world right now. Mm. Admittedly, that's partly biased because media literacy is part of the things that I'm supposed to take care of as a librarian, but... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. well, at least we had more of an answer for that then. Yeah, 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 yeah. The mysteries of the painting is the frame. Most important job. I don't know what could be more important, but I'm willing to hear arguments if there are any. No uh, pl plumber. <laughs> Having a toilet I mean, that, that works is, is a pretty good, good yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> your toilet clogs. You definitely don't want uh, what was in it starting to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, uh, with that, yeah, the, the time when I have to figure out a new thing to do draws ever nearer. We have four of those left now, so. I thought you, I thought you said now three left, because there were four more before we pulled the second one. Uh, there are four currently after that okay. second one, so. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I think I misunderstood. But yeah, so. Someday we will know the truth, but, uh. For now, this is what we've got. <laughs> ah, Alright. Well, uh, with that, I think we're pretty much done for today. So, if you have enjoyed this show, you can find me on Twitter at Patch underscore Jacket, on Blue Sky at Nobody Adams with two Ds, and on Co-Host at Nobody. I've kind of fallen off Co-Host lately. It's just hard to be on three platforms, and co-host is the easiest to fall off because it's the slowest, so... Yeah, you know. I think, like, still, like, the... Like, I know that co-host lately did some sort of feed, but it's, like, it's still, like, largely kind of just, like, a slower-moving platform in general. Which is nice, but it's also, like, you know, when I want to 
be on social media. I'm looking to see things, and if there are four new posts in a day, then that's just not satisfying. Yeah. Especially because it's like most of the people I see on co-hosts are usually like the same few people. Like it's like yeah. it's Austin Walker, it's uh, you know, Erica, aka or Hack, and it's like, <laughs> like may- maybe Pixel talking about Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and of course I'm also on several games for all on the table RPGs. Uh, I don't know when this episode will come out, but as of this recording, I have just GM'd a custom game in a system that I designed about a bunch of possums robbing a Halloween store to steal candy. So, Oh, oh right, the one that you said was like basically inspired by like Honey Heist. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a sort of a combination of Honey Heist and Lasers and Feelings, and I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I messed with the way some of that stuff worked, create a custom game, and I'm very happy with it. And it seemed to be way better balanced than I thought it was going to be given the changes I made, so. <laughs> hmm. <sighs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that is all on the table RPGs on YouTube and Twitch. Yep. Uh, you can find me, at least uh, since I'm saying fuck Twitter, uh, I have a much easier SEO now because you can just follow me at Oblivion on either co-host or a blue sky. <laughs> that is I better now that you all have just the one Hooray! <laughs> yeah, now that I decided to say fuck Twitter, finally. <laughs> uh, just deal with that entirely and not bother to engage with it. So it's like, yep, I just had the same handle on both because uh, nobody on co-host... <laughs> had taken that yet, and by the time I actually finally got the invite to Blue Sky, nobody had taken that either, compared to on Twitter, so I didn't have to do anything else with it. <laughs> yep. <sighs> eh, that was the only place I'm really at. I don't, I don't have anything else going really coming on. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. <sighs> I, work a, I work a full-time job. I'm tired enough as it is. I, I don't have any other stuff to really do. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> I don't work a full-time job, but I edit two podcasts. Yeah, you sure do. And you you play and run, like, so many other uh, games as well. It's a living. It's not a living. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, very much not a living, considering my character died in the last session of the one you're running for us. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, hey, to be fair, I kind of agreed, knowing that that was probably what was going to happen. So it's like, well, I got to lean into it in this instance. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, um, so that'll do us for do it for us this week on Us Weirdos. So until next time, there's not much left to say. But remember, Us Weirdos have to strike together. Bye. Us Weirdos have to strike together. Bye.